Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh the second double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, good afternoon. It is fantastic to be back. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you all for hanging in the past couple of days as well. Brian No, thank Brian for hosting on Monday. I had to go down and visit my mom down in GC on Monday, so I was down there, down in Bedford. Brian No came in for me. I appreciate that. Did a great job as usual. And yesterday, Derek Schultz, a shout-out to Derek. Derek comes in here often when I'm out, and I've always appreciated that. Uh, and certainly will always tell you, when he and Jake had a show opposite of me, we've all always been friends, and I always thought that – Uh, The best thing to have around here is multi-viewpoints, multi-shows, and uh, that always bummed me out, but it's great to have Derek on the air, great to have Derek come back in and host as he did yesterday. So, Brian No on Monday and Derek Schultz yesterday, thank you guys more than you know, no pun intended right there at all. So, the Pacers making some moves already. Uh, kind of interesting. So they're trading some picks, and we knew this was going to happen. This is why sometimes, and we'll have to let it all come out of the wash to see what they get out of this and what path was best. And But it does kind of drive you a little bit nuts at times, too, because you work, or I should say, lose so much to develop these assets. And then oftentimes... <laughs> You don't end up having those assets anymore. Here's what we know right now. The Pacers own four picks on Thursday night as of right now. 7, 26, 40, and 55. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, all this prior to tomorrow night's NBA draft, but according to Adrian Wojnarowski, they are still actively one of the more active teams going down right now to try to find something new. And the deal today, because we knew this, they weren't going to make five picks this year. So what they did, they turned 29 this year into an early 20s next year. As it stands right now, we'll see. 
And that will be among, I think, the Wizards. No, I checked that. The Clippers and others, you're going to end up getting uh, the worst of those particular picks. But they are maneuvering, and we shall see where they end up going, what they end up doing, how they end up handling it. But you knew this was going to happen, and quite frankly, this is going to be incredibly interesting next day and a half or so. Incredibly interesting to see how and what path they take. Now, if you're going to ask me this, I still say they're going to hang in there at number seven. But we'll see with what they have if they try to add something else, meaning either seven or at the end of round, check that, at the end of the draft lottery itself in round number one, maybe adding somebody while also adding an existing player. Uh, We'll see. Pacers Vice President of Player Personnel, Ryan Carr, is going to join this show coming up today at about 5 o'clock. And we're going to get a breakdown of all these players that he and they saw. Breakdown of what they witnessed from them all. Now, probably they're all going to be viewed as, they had a great workout here, a great workout. Nobody ever had a bad workout. But we're going to find out a little bit more from Ryan Carr coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. In fact, I cannot wait for that. But this should be a hell of a time. This should be an enjoyable time for you. And again, we'll see. I've said this all along. I, I want this, I want this thing to be expedited. I understand those of you that are suggesting, hey, you don't want, you don't want to go ahead and get off the path in which you were taking, but there's nothing wrong with being better than what you thought. I'm not suggesting they blow up what they were trying to blow up. You know, nothing like that. But that's what this is all about. Making adjustments to what you see. Making adjustments to the involvement of what you see from your team. And what we saw, and I know that they didn't make the postseason, but what we saw out of this group, you saw bits and pieces that are workable in the long term. So to me, to me, you play off of that. Again, nothing that's going to screw you over in the foreseeable future. But I think it's okay to realize that, hey, hold on a minute. We're a little bit better than what we thought. And I can flat tell you this, and I have before, from Miles Turner being on the show to Tyrese Halliburton being on with me when we were doing the pre-race show, these guys want to win and want to win right now. They're not like a lot of you that are cool with waiting for like three and four years. It'd be great. But they want to get it going and get it going right now. By the way, from the Pacers, the Nuggets are getting the 29th and the 32nd overall according to Adrian Wojnarowski, and the Nuggets will send the 2024 first-round pick and the 40th overall in this year's draft to the Pacers in that deal. And what I mentioned by the Clippers being in this group of teams, the 2024 first-rounder going to the Pacers will be the least favorable of Denver's own here, Oklahoma City's Clippers or Houston. 
if 5 through 30. And by the way, Utah, if 11 through 30. There is a lot of stuff going on there, and that's why we'll get Bobby Marks on at some point to explain it all out, I'm sure. But those are the host of teams that we will be watching to see where ultimately the Pacers will select in that first round. And that is what is happening right there. So the Pacers are already making a move. Uh, We'll talk about those that they've had in, those that they like in this particular draft, and we'll find that out from Ryan Carr, who's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I promise you will not want to miss that, not for a second. Hey, while I was gone, a certain baseball team continues to win. Anybody going to notice that, or do I need to tell you all about that a little bit more? And again... I don't want to hear anybody say, oh, Reds fans excited about June baseball. Who cares? Reds fans are allowed to be excited about anything. It has been few and far between, as I've mentioned, in the past couple of weeks. So soak it up. And today, their 11th consecutive win, they get down three zip and come from behind, I believe, a 5-3 decision over the Rockies. And don't let anybody pour cold water on, well, it was the Royals and it was a slumping Astros team and it was the Rockies. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. Soak it up and soak it up as long as you can. So the Reds have won 11 consecutive and are 40 and 35 right now. If you want to factor in something that I thought we would not see this year, that would be it. That is where you want to start. We'll get back to that Reds conversation, I'm sure, coming up a little bit later on. It is amazing to me. It is absolutely amazing. Why Why in the world would anybody around here have any interest in what has been reported as rumor, the so-called interest and this has, I can't remember who actually came out and said this. I think it was a an Arizona publication, right? Yeah, to keep in mind, this Arizona publication probably wants to help expedite the process to get DeAndre Ayton out of there as soon as possible. Why in the world would anybody around here have interest in that? You sidestep disaster already once. And in the process, you unearth, you unlock something that many of you thought, although I was one that did believe, but many of you out there thought would never happen. Why in the world would you want to take a chance and bring in somebody that gets paid more, that has been a pain? I saw all these DeAndre Ayton stories floating around. Hey, believe me, those things coming out of Phoenix, the people that cover the Suns are trying to find a seat. And in the process, they're trying to find more to go with their group. Because they, like, have four or five dudes right now. That's it. They are trying to find more, and they're trying to find more right now. But that doesn't mean, well, you know what, let's revisit this because this is who, again, this was reported who Rick Carlisle really liked DeAndre Ayton. Why in the world would anybody around here want to mess with that? I'm assuming a lot of you have gotten smart since then. 
Why would anybody want to mess around with that? Why would anybody think that's a hell of an idea? Hell of a plan. I mean, you saw what was unlocked. You saw how all this worked around here. You want to play off of that. You don't want to help tear it down. That, to me, is ridiculous. And again, that, to me, is all coming from one-sided. This has been the past. The Pacers were always like, well, if you need to help rebuild, you have those that are out there putting these super teams together, and then you have those out there that aren't. Those out there that aren't going to spend the money to do that, that aren't going to go into Hawk to do that, aren't going to go into double-secret probation luxury tax to get this done. With all these teams, somebody's always there to bail them out, man. You almost bailed them out last year, and you were lucky last year that they matched that offer sheet. I don't know why anybody here would have even the slightest bit of interest in that. It was mind-blowing. Those are a couple of the pieces that you want to build together here. I mean, there certainly are enough questions. Like the one with Buddy Heald, even though I want to see Buddy Heald here because of the threat, because of the volume shooting, uh, not because of the defensive prowess, because he can't guard you, but he can shoot better than a lot of guys, especially at a higher volume in the NBA. So that is something you look at. You look at this league right now, you know exactly what this league is all about. Just that. I do understand the whole contract situation, and I do understand how you want to make sure that you get something for him and you don't want to see his skills diminish. However, the shooting skill oftentimes does not diminish. The athleticism will. The reactionary time will. But normally, when you are a high-volume shooter, there's a reason behind it. It's because you go after it like a madman. I mean, all of a sudden, you just don't go in to the crapper. If you go into the crapper, it's because normally you have, as a shooter, a routine that you stay in that is a larger, higher-level routine than anybody else has, and that's what keeps you going. But I can't at least understand that a little bit. The whole Miles thing doesn't make any sense to me at all. Well, other than just, you know, a couple of knuckleheads. But the angle that Rick Carlisle really liked Dayton, and hey, great. <laughs> Leave that alone. Why would you even want to mess with that? You got building blocks here right now. Build off of that. You got all this flexibility we have to hear about every day. In terms of losing games, you develop flexibility, you develop assets, draft capital, all this crap we've had to hear. You know, like tomorrow night or the time leading up to tomorrow night, now is the time when you reap the benefits of everybody having to tell us ad nauseum that that was an enjoyable win, that was an entertaining win. Now and tomorrow is the time to reap those benefits. It has to be for something. Because it basically sucks. And for a team that's been doing a lot of losing, I would tend to want to take what you have seen in the positive and play off of that. And that's my hope. Now, to me, they stick at seven, sure. 
But I am curious what they might be able to do to maneuver around. I'll be very surprised. I'll be very disappointed if we don't have an oh wow moment here. An oh wow for the Pacers. Oh wow for the Pacers is different than an oh wow for an LA team or an oh wow for a New York team or Phoenix or Brooklyn. You know, all those just say, yeah, whatever. We'll throw all this money. Let's add this dude, and then we'll play JMV um, at the backup one. <laughs> whatever. We don't need a bench. It's funny, too, with Durant. You've seen this story over and over again. I'm almost now with Durant. I would think about it this way, and I'm not at all taking away the high level of play, which he is. But you can almost look at Durant thinking, you know what? As much as Golden State was good with him, they may have still been good without him. And in fact, they have been. Seemingly, he could use them more than they could use him. Now, I'll be disappointed if there's not a lot going on here. I mean, hugely disappointed. Hopefully, you guys are with me on that. I can't wait to find out who they like. And obviously, you go from Walker, you go to Hendricks, you go to all the usual suspect type of names. And it seems to me, seems to me is, you know, whether it's a Thompson twin or Whitmore from Villanova, it seems to be like somebody, somebody's going to slip to seven that maybe not so much an oh, wow, according to your basketball mind, but an oh, wow, according to this draft. That's kind of what I'm looking for. I feel like that's almost what we have been sold, and it's not me doing the selling. It's going through all these rough patches to get to where you are right now to have some leverage. Maybe arguably have the most leverage going. Utilize it. Make some magic. I don't know about anybody else. That's what I'm looking for. If you come up with an already established wing and an end of the lottery type of first round pick, I'd be thrilled. Two things that you add. If it's Jazz Walker, for example, at seven, and then that's what you feel like you need to do, then so be it. I've seen him play. I haven't seen as much as Hendricks coming out of Central Florida. I hear more about that than I've seen, but uh, at the level in which Walker has played, you have certainly seen a lot of him. He looks like a dude that at least can help them out and help them out immediately, give them something immediately. Think about how thrilled you were a year ago to to end up getting Andrew Nimhart. I remember exactly what I said. And this is something I'll bring up to Ryan Carr. I said, watching him at Gonzaga over the years, he looks like a dude that will struggle against higher-level guard play. Now, truth be told, he fit right in with this team like a glove. He was a hell of a lot better than I thought he was going to be. They saw something in him that transferred to the next level. And I'd watched a ton of his games. I always thought he was good. And maybe it's just going back to the national championship game against Baylor and how he looked, for example, against uh, you know, Davion Mitchell and that particular backcourt. And maybe that was unfairly evaluated. But I certainly didn't expect in year number one that. I 
Yeah, that was a that was a shocker to me. But it was a good shocker. Pacers have a lot of momentum with the fan base right now, too. It wasn't that long ago when you didn't believe that they were going to do anything right. It was not that long ago. They drafted Duarte in his rookie season. You saw something there, which obviously may have been kind of stamped out this past year because of injury. But at the same time, it looks like that they're on a run. Looks like that they're on an interesting run here of getting some things right, putting things together, putting things together that work. Seems like you say this every single time in talking about a draft. Whether you're talking about a Colts NFL draft or anybody's NFL draft or anybody's NBA draft, they always say, well, this is a very important draft for them. This is a very important draft for X or Y team. But for the Pacers, this is because this is this is the most leverage maneuverability that we have seen with this team in forever. And it would be great for everybody around here to see them go to it. And hopefully those moves today was like the early stages of putting something together. I do. I want to be wowed tomorrow night. Anybody else want to be wowed? And I'll give you credit. I got wowed in December. I was wowed. And believe me, I know what that means. You asked me to define that. I'll give you the 11-game win streak of the Reds in June. When for Often for winning teams, consistently winning teams, it's good, but it really doesn't matter. You expect it, but with this team, you don't. That's like an oh, wow. I expect the Pacers to give us an oh, wow in the next 48 hours. I don't know how much today already was. But you're reshuffling for a reason here, aren't you? So hopefully that's what we get. Now we'll talk about that again with Ryan Carr. Ryan Carr is going to join us coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Cannot wait for that. Ryan Carr, the vice president of player personnel, going to join us. I think Danny Lopez is going to jump on here coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, too. I know they made that announcement earlier today that for the All-Star Weekend, the All-Star Weekend uh, will also now take place uh, inside Lucas Oil Stadium with the skills competitions and all that. I knew that that was going to happen, but that was announced today. You know, speaking of All-Star Weekend, on Saturday, I had the opportunity to do something, and at some point, we'll play it back. But I had the opportunity to do something I'd always wanted to do. And when I was asked to to go over on the west side because he was in town and do a face-to-face, a sit-down with Oscar Robertson, I couldn't wait to do it. I think I talked about this a little bit at the end of last week, doing it. But I could not wait to do it. And I went over on Saturday morning, and I think actually the Pacers were shooting some video in in terms of you know, presenting the All-Star Weekend coming up here in February. But I sat down with him for about an hour, and it was one of the best conversations I have ever had. Incredibly engaging. He could go back 
to the Olympic team of 1960 and name you every detail in terms of Walt Bellamy, Jerry West, what those guys did, what they meant, and then he could tell you exactly what's going on with the Denver Nuggets, who had just won the NBA title. He's 84 years old and as sharp as anybody and looks as good. You talk about age-defying looks. I didn't really know what to expect because I've never had a conversation. I don't think he's ever been on the show before, but it was great. And I'm not talking about it in terms of what I did. I basically sat there and had a bunch of questions I've always wanted to ask somebody I had an incredibly profound interest and admiration for in a game that I love of basketball. And he absolutely, I hate to mix metaphors in terms of sports right here, he hit it out of the park. I was floored. It was so enjoyable. And I mean everything. Remember, he helped. He helped build the path of those players that are reaping the benefits. He never made more than $600,000 in a season. Some of these dudes make that in a game. He helped start that. And then in terms of overall game, a stat stuffer, a winner, an incredibly athletic Just a great basketball player, one of the greatest of all time. We'll get that queued up for you at some point. I don't know, James, did they send that to you yet? Somebody's got to send it to us because I can't wait to hear it. I have not received anything. When I was sitting there live, I was going, holy crap, this is awesome. So good. But we were talking about All-Star Weekend in terms of that coming up in February compared to when... They hosted last an all-star game here in Indianapolis. That was 1985. That, you know, trainers, shooting coaches, nutritionists, chefs, all that. You know, what you did in the offseason then compared to now, just incredible conversation. And I know so many of you, much like me, love basketball. And if you love basketball, that is going to be for you. Cannot wait. Uh, At any rate, I'll let you know when that's going to happen, too. Hey, by the way, in studio the rest of the week, next week is going to be busy. Next week's a tavern tour stop. We're going to be at Irea's downtown. That is a place that we've been looking for for a long time. So that is next week, Irea's with a tavern tour stop with Heaven Hill Distillery. Going to be a great time. Danny Lopez is going to join us for the Pacers, a part of that announcement earlier today about All-Star Weekend. Kevin Bowen's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. His thoughts on, you know, not so much Reese shuffling the deck chairs, if you will. What's that? Kevin's at 4. What did I say, 5? You said 5. Well, that's terrible. 4 o'clock for Kevin Bowen. Not so much, you know, reshuffling the chairs, if you will, as far as draft selection is concerned. But what, what do we think their target is here? I mean, you have all all of these options. How disappointing to you would it be if they didn't utilize it? That's just what I believe they're going to do. Talk about that and the 11-game win streak of not just my, 
but our Cincinnati Reds. And believe me, it's not lost on me as well because our good friend Tucker Barnhart goes yard yesterday that the Cubs are putting together a little bit of something right now, too. I believe still three games under 500. But the conversation, like I see these scrolls on ESPN, and it, here's the lead the Reds. <laughs> what? Whoa. And I said when they got a modest three game win streak going, I said, soak it up. Because you never know when it's going to end. And you never know when they may revert back to the team that we most often have seen over the the most recent years. And again, I'm not suggesting that that's not going to happen now. I talked about how fun they were to watch. They are that. This has been an incredible 11-game run. And as a Reds fan, you are allowed to soak up and tell everybody about it. And if they're sick of hearing about it, who cares? Oh, well, you know, when's the last time they won? When's the last time they did this? It does not matter. We are living in June of 2023 right now, not the last time somebody did something. That's where we are. You are allowed to soak it up, and you are allowed to talk some junk. Hey, believe me out there, you probably are in and around people, even your friends, that talk a lot of junk for a lot less. Tell them about it. All right, quick break, and we shall return. If you're on hold, I'll get to you. I'll get to some calls coming up here, too. I mentioned Danny Lopez of the Pacers can join us. He's got a very long title. A smart person. Talk about their major announcement earlier today. Bowen's here in the 4 o'clock hour, and Ryan Carr is going to join me. I'm going to ask him who they're going to pick, who they like the most. He's going to tell me to get bent, but that's okay. Because <laughs> at least I asked. And I don't mind being told to get bent. I will hit that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. James, good to see you back over there too, you 10 times tatted up dude you. And again, thanks to Brian No, and thanks to Derek Schultz for being a part of this the past two days. Uh, it is always really good to know you can take some days off and have really entertaining dudes that got your back. And I always appreciate that. Thank you, Brian, and thank you, Derek. Now, quick break. We're back after this. And again, we got to remind you of our golf outing coming up too, right? you got to sign up for that. I was out there yesterday. I was hitting bombs. I was like the dude that walks into Kilroy Sports Bar with his pool cue yesterday. I took my Callaway driver. I was hitting bombs. <laughs> and I haven't swung a golf club in about three years. Seriously, I walked in with my Callaway golf club. I walked in there with the one dog. I was just like the person that goes on a Saturday night to Kilroy Sports Bar back in the 1990s carrying... Carrying their pool cue. Uh, good time, though. I'll remind you of that coming up, too. HD Radio, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. Welcome back to everybody there, too. Uh, not only that, you got the stream, the app, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Don't go away. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for joining us. James over there. I'm John. I believe we're on the road at all this week. Next week, as it stands right now, three times from what I've heard. Uh, T. Shaw says this. Did you get any Big Red while you were in Bedford? Uh, there was a ton of it, by the way, too, because T. Shaw, I went by the IGA on the north end of town. And the IGA just got a huge display up there. Big, You'll never see this anywhere else. Waco, Texas, maybe. Big Red. But I did not get any. I haven't had any in a number of years. Thank you very much. Damon writes this, so no lead is safe near the Reds' opponent right now. Also, it doesn't matter the caliber of team you play at the time. No one says after 162 games, well, the teams you played mostly suck. Go Reds. Hey, I'm saying nothing about that. I embrace every single moment. I know how fleeting it can be. I know how disappointing it can be. Corey Kenny says the Cubs are the Reds' two hottest teams. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Jason Gill checks in with you and Tommy Thrall, who, by the way, is the voice of the Reds, who was on last week. Uh, you guys talked about how it would really get interesting if the streak hit 10. It is now Jason Gill at 11. After uh, that win today. Nah, you got to love it. Absolutely got to love it. If you're a Reds fan, again, like I said, soak it up. Enjoy it. Have some fun with it. Hey, by the way, the Pacers make a maneuver today, as I mentioned, too. Four picks on Thursday night include 7, 26, 40, and 55 as we sit here. Uh, the the maneuver, it'll probably make your head spin just a little bit. Uh, the Nuggets acquired 29 and 32 overall uh, with that deal with the Pacers. Nuggets will send the 2024 first round pick and the 40th overall pick this year to Indiana. Now that that first rounder next year going to the Pacers acquired by the Nuggets in a trade with Oklahoma City. Remember that. That was made during the NBA Finals. Kind of weird, too, by the way. It will be the least favorable among the 2024 first-round picks owned by the Thunder, which includes Oklahoma City's, the Clippers, Houston, and Utah. And the Clippers and Houston, 5 through 30. Utah's 11 through 30. Uh, That was according to Bobby Marks, who, by the way, joined us on this show on Friday, if you missed any of it. Bobby Marks, there's nobody better to get. And to talk about this, because there is a lot of stuff, much like the NFL, a lot of financial stuff and a lot of rules that you have to go over. We would love to just go ahead and put it in the tradeometer and find out what it spits out. But there's much more to it than that. JMV, so you were talking last week about how 90% of what we end up discussing on this show or what is rumored to take place before an NBA draft does not take place. You're absolutely right. You look at all this stuff out there, absolutely right. (laughs) 
It's from Alan Stanley. I was a sophomore in high school the last time the NBA All-Star game was here. I'm 54 now. What was that, 85, 84, 85? I believe I was a sophomore in high school, too. I'm just, I'm still 53, though. I believe I was a sophomore in high school, too. Alan Stanley and I, classes of 88, by God. Why did it take so long? Some cities had multiple times during the 39 years since. I Honestly, Alan, I don't know how long. I don't know how much, I should say. I don't know how much they actually wanted it over many of those years. True story. They got it coming up, though. Brandon Reeves says, I was three weeks old. (laughs) I was really old. Kevin Bowen, Danny Lopez, Ryan Carr. Bowen of the Morning Show, of course. Danny Lopez runs a lot of things media-driven over there. Uh, Made an announcement with the Pacers a little bit earlier today as far as the festivities. Those that will be housed by Lucas Oil Stadium. We'll talk to Danny about that at 430. Ryan Carr. Ryan Carr is the president, in this case, the vice president of player personnel. We're going to go over who they brought in, who they like, and I'm going to ask him who they're going to draft, who's number one on their list, and he's going to tell me to get bent. But that's why you love me, because I'm going to ask him anyway. Todd, is it 239-1070? Hello, Todd. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm great, Todd. Go ahead. Hey, quick uh, quick plug here, though. I've been working with a friend of the show, uh, Drew Storn, and his team the last couple of weeks, getting his new uh, Field of Dreams bourbon. and uh, Well done. South, South Paul, South Paul uh, canned cocktail in the market. And I will tell you, the consumer response has been remarkable. So, yeah, yeah um, they, have, they have reacted incredibly well to that. They, the in-can cocktail is a legit, man. It, I mean, both are legit, but I was really digging the in-can cocktail. Yeah, for sure. Hey, the reason I called, and you may or may not be aware of this, you were talking about Oscar Robertson. Are you aware that um, on West 11th Street in Indianapolis, right outside of Attics, we uh, we dedicate about, I don't know, a quarter mile, a half mile strip of road and call it Oscar Robertson Boulevard. Um, did, did not know if you were aware of that or not. I did not know that. Literally, but literally, that's West 11th Street or one way west is identified now, we don't exactly give him the love that uh, Louisville gives uh, Muhammad Ali, where every third street is named after uh, the champ. Uh, so Indianapolis needs to give the big O a little bit more love than a, a quarter-mile strip of West to uh, He was he was incredible with me. I'm telling you, Todd, it, the, the conversation, the hour-long conversation for big-time basketball fans out there, you, you will not want to miss it. It was fantastic. Looking forward to hearing to it, John. Thanks for uh, taking my call this afternoon. Hey, Todd, anytime. Good to talk with you, too. I was talking to Oscar Robertson on Saturday, and we'll, we'll air that at some point. But it was absolutely incredible. I just love it. I mean, basketball in general, so many different eras. A great time. I saw this yesterday, too, and I want to congratulate those Certainly, they're going to be a part of this honor. Uh, the IBA Hall of Fame class uh, was announced yesterday, I believe. Mark Boyle, the voice of the Pacers, will be inducted. And the great Robin Miller will go in. And uh, Mark Patrick as well. 
When you talk about three all-timers right there, that's three all-timers. That is a Hall of Fame-worthy class. But I want to congratulate, obviously, uh, Mark for being a part of that. Uh, those friends that are still around because we all still talk about Robin Miller frequently. Uh, congratulations to friends and family of R, and congratulations to Mark Patrick. First person I worked with in this market, actually second, first was Tim Bragg and Bill Benner, but about six months later, it was Mark Patrick. And a lot that obviously I learned uh, came through that of Mark Patrick. So if you're looking for a class that is worthy of Hall of Fame recognition, that is it. Well done. Uh, Larry's before the break at 239-1070. Hello, Larry. Hey, JMB. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, Larry. Go ahead. Good. Hey, man, I keep hearing you spewing this crap about the Reds and our little 11-game winning streak. Man, you know, you grew up in central Indiana. This is Braves country. I don't know why you keep talking about the Reds. <laughs> Braves town for the week. They're in town for the weekend. I want to make a little bet. Two, if they, whoever wins two out of three wins the series or whatever. Braves going to sweep them anyway. But uh, – Let's make a little bet, man, on your golf tournament. Uh, I'll buy you two rounds of golf up here in Anderson, and I'll, I'll uh, get in your golf tournament. If I lose, I'll get in your golf tournament. You got it. Well, and, you should uh, get in the golf tournament that. anyway, though, honestly, what's Larry. It, what's it, what is it, uh, what's it uh, benefit? It is, uh, it is uh, I believe, uh, the uh, Heart, American Heart Center. I think it's Franciscans putting it on with us as well. Because you know Jake Query, our morning show co-host, has had uh, had heart issues, so that is the direction of what we're doing. Well, you know, I have two, and uh, be well, yeah, yeah, you and get some friends and do that. We'll we'll think about something else. I can, we can make okay. it worth your while with something else. Just make sure you get to our golf outing. All right, hey, put me in for it. But if the Braves sweep the Reds, I get fifteen minutes with you in studio. How about that? Fifteen minutes in studio. I tell you what, yeah, I'll make this yeah. even better for you. You can have All fifteen right. minutes when I'm on the road. Doing a live show, which means that means you get you know some beverages coming at you too. That's perfect, man. Let's do it. You got it, Larry. All right, Bubba. All Thanks, right, man. Larry's talking some junk regarding the Braves right there. I don't get very much time to do this, so let's do it. Very much time to be able to. Embrace a win streak and some positive as the Reds right there. So I can't wait. I'm taking advantage of it right now. So the bet is on. All right, Kevin Bowen coming up at the top of the hour. The Pacers make a deal for selections. Maneuvering to a first-rounder next year with Sedario's implications on where that is going to end up as a result. And I believe number 40, is that what it is, number 40 this year? Give you the details on that coming up on the other side. Kevin and I will knock that around. See if Kevin is on board with expediting the involvement of this team or cool with sitting and still letting this longer term evolve. Kevin Bowen, top of the hour. Danny Lopez at the Pacers at 430. Ryan Carr is going to join us from the Pacers. Talk about who all they had in, what they liked. I will ask him who they plan on drafting, who is the top of their board. You know what he's going to tell me, but on this show we ask him anyway. 93.5107 by the fan. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, the Pacers are making a deal today. Anybody out there honestly believe in this DeAndre Ayton so-called interest still with the Pacers? You know how disappointed I would be? Seriously. And it's not like that I'm hanging on to this, this pipe dream. Well, there's a legend. It's like what you saw last year was fun. How do you not like that? Unless you just don't like the dude. Why would you even want to consider it? I was reading that yesterday, and I know it was coming out of Phoenix, and they're trying like 19 different ways to try to dump his contract on somebody else because it's so incredibly stupid. Yeah, don't let that be here. Do not let that be here. Looking at the uh, green room attendees tomorrow night. I think it was um, Jeff Rabjohns that had this last week that Jalen Hood Shafino of IU was being asked. So he will be there. Here's what's kind of surprising to me. Everywhere I've seen, Jaime Jaquez is going like an early second round. Uh, he has an invite. You know, normally when you have a name, when you're in the green room, normally, you know, normally your expectation is is rather high. Certainly, first round high. But uh, it is official with Jalen Hood Shafino, and good for him. And again, a lot of the usual suspects that we've talked about already. No doubt about that. I did read this yesterday, too, where Victor Wembayama says that all this hype surrounding him doesn't phase him, doesn't get to him. He may be the only one in the world that that level of hype has never gotten into, and this is just the beginning. It's all love right now. It is all love. Wait until one of two things happen. You don't come along as everybody thought because there are a lot of reputations on the line about the expectations of this young dude from France. A lot of greatest of all time descriptions. But it's really one of two things, and we know this to be true. It is either you you don't come along as people that talk about you have proclaimed or you win, and then everybody that talks about you cannot wait to swing at you. So good for him if none of this affects him, because he may be the first one in history where it wouldn't, because that is a lot. 
JMV, I'm a little confused on the Pacer trade. Seems like that they traded this year's 29 for something almost equal of theirs next year, and then you give up 32 and 40 this year. How does that seem like a good trade? It, it, um, yes, what I mentioned a little bit earlier. Everybody talks about all this maneuvering and all these assets you have, and that's how you look at it right now. I guess the advice is you wait and see how this turns out and then make the evaluation. But on the surface right now, it is kind of a what? Tell you what, Shane, we'll talk about that on the other side. Danny Lopez at the Pacers, bottom of the hour. Ryan Carr is going to be here in the 5 o'clock hour. Kevin Bowen of the Morning Show is with us next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Well, you're going to have to say that. You're going to have to speak up because I can't hear you. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Danny Lopez, bottom of the hour. The Pacers' Ryan Carr is going to be here. Vice President of Player Personnel, which means he watched all these workouts. I was not invited. We'll talk to Ryan about what they liked. I'm going to ask him who they're going to draft if they stay at number seven. And I'm going to turn down my phone because I got that on right now inside the lounge via YouTube Live. That's a good way to introduce everybody. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. And by the way, if you're watching, you've asked, this is indeed... An old school Racks restaurant t-shirt. Oh, people know. People my age know. I don't know if any remain maybe in the state of Ohio. Once upon a time, there was no greater place to have lunch or dinner than Racks. R-A-X. Racks. Now, again, it was always in competition then with Arby's. And now Arby's has gone, you know, (laughs) full this other direction with the the latest trends in foodery. Rex had a salad bar. Rex had it all. Rex was some good food. So you're asking, it is the Racks t-shirt, the old school Racks roast beef t-shirt that we're rocking today inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Jump in there and get that conversation going. Uh, Jay Law says, JMV, are we planning a trip to go to the one remaining, or check that, one of the remaining Racks restaurants? I think there are four in existence. Jay Law, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're all in the state of Ohio. Gritty says, in fact, six in Ohio, one in Kentucky, one in Illinois. If you're from where I'm from in southern Indiana, you call it Illinois. What the hell happened to Indiana here? How do we get screwed out of the racks? Racks was money in the day, though. Lopez, Carr, and more coming up. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline Morning Show, Kevin Inquiry, weekday mornings, that is 7 until 10 a.m. And apparently the Webb Simpson of our radio station getting set for what is going to be an incredible golf outing coming up at back nine. We were shooting commercials for it, promos for it yesterday. Kevin Bowen's with us. You're the Webb Simpson of this station, I hear. 
I don't. Is that a compliment? Um, he's he won a U.S. Open, didn't he? Yeah, you are right. I don't know. I feel like on the PJ Tour, he kind of has a. I, I don't know what his rap is. I don't know if it's the greatest rap. So if, if I'm Webb Simpson, I, I watched you hit a couple. I I think you've got some sneaky game. I just go out there and let her rip. <laughs> so we, and you mashed that first one. We don't I take you were any something downtown. We don't we don't take any time. We don't take any practice cuts or anything like that. Because I, I say the same when I shoot. I don't want to. I don't want to waste anything. Like for example, if I'm warming up and they go in, and I go. Oh, I just wasted one here already. So I like to. Well, I like to like do it when it matters. So I didn't want to waste anything. But uh, and again, I was hitting. I was like the dude that rolled up to Kilroy Sports Bar right on a Saturday night, pairing, uh, carrying this little case with his screw together pool cue in it, like he's Tom Cruise in The Color of Money. <laughs> so I was just like that guy yesterday, bringing my one dog up there. I did die laughing when I looked back, and there you are with your golf clubs. I'm like, oh, my God. I thought I grabbed my wedge, and I grabbed a four-wood hybrid, too. <laughs> yeah. Really really trying to reach to all parts of the golf bag there. I go, wait a minute. Never know. What am I going to do with this? And you want to hit your hybrid. <laughs> what the hell am I going to do with this is what I thought, man. But, no, it was, it was fun yesterday with you guys, and this is going to be a great event. Yeah. I can't wait. And honestly, I think it was fun for us three. We're obviously different skill levels of uh, of golf, and I think that's exactly what will make the event so fun is that that's the perfect place to have various skill levels and, and the games you can play there and certainly music, drink, food, the whole thing, going for a great cause. So I'm really looking forward to being out there. And it, if you haven't been, I just think it's in a spot of downtown that obviously – um, from an entertainment standpoint, it's trying to do something. Yep. It, 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 it's a great location, I think, for that. We don't really have anything, I think, from like a venue standpoint, certainly in that part of downtown, uh, that can handle it. So it was crowded yesterday when we were there, you know, just after lunch. And uh, can't wait for uh, for July 11th and uh, all, all the details for it. Uh, up on our website, 1075 The Fans. So it's, I always uh, kind of get forced into these situations, right? I say forced. Um, I use that loosely. I stayed until 3 o'clock and drank. For <laughs> <laughs> my day off. So I go in there on my day off to do that, and I go, yeah, I'm going to come in there and do this and go back home, and then I stayed there and had drinks. Yeah. That's me. Side when I was like, yeah, I got to run to the dentist, and and I forgot that it was the day off for you. I'm thinking, boy, he might post up, yeah, he'll set up shopping here and throw a few bags and pound some drivers <laughs> yeah, for the next dude, few hours. It's exactly what happened right there. I, I do love that place. Like my my, the best time I had was going up to level three right there in the middle, and you yeah. can you can see absolutely everything, and it is it is fun. Yeah, I was talking to Matt Matt Taylor about it last week. He's like, yeah, we went on a Friday or Saturday night a couple of weeks. That was the second time that I had been there. Uh, but Matt, to the day, went there on a Friday or Saturday night a few weeks ago. He's like, it was absolutely packed. And I, I feel like it's got a really good, like, kind of seating area for when you aren't hitting or, again, if you're just, you know, wanting to mingle and, you know, watch sports. And I love the two big screens they have at the end of the range. So it, that's, I think, a pretty unique part of it. So, you know, you just look out there and, you know, whatever the game is on or whatever the sporting event's on, they're going to have that, uh, which I, I think is pretty unique as well. So, 
It's a cool spot, to say the least. Yeah, it is. So it's Kevin Bowen, The Morning Show. Kevin and Query, 7 until 10 a.m. Here Monday through Friday on The Fan on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I, I guess kind of what we've all been talking about, the Pacers maneuvered in a deal with the Nuggets earlier today. Denver got 29-32. and 32. Uh, The Pacers, meantime, uh, will get a 2024 first-rounder that is dependent upon like 900 different things, that I guess, transpire to see whatever else. And then a, a second rounder, I believe another second rounder this year. Overall, what do you think about this? Is this just a precursor to what is set to come? Because I, I mentioned this earlier, Kev. I, I expect an oh, wow, 48 hours around here. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but I expect it. Yeah, this is something that I actually was talking about earlier today on the, on the morning show of in no way were you ever going to spend all five picks. I mean, you got 12 dudes under, under contract for next season. So just purely from a number standpoint. Um, you weren't going to do that, nor do you want to do that financially. And, like, you know, are you going to get all these guys minutes? And it, it just never made sense to simply select one player with, with each of those picks. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, yeah, I mean, everyone I think would like to trade off, but you have to have a willing trade partner for, for that. And I think you're going to get to a point, you know, I think hopefully the Pacers take very soon, where you're going to have a great start to a season. And, I mean, last year – if the Pacers were, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, you could have said, hey, should they be a buyer at the deadline, considering where their record was? And obviously the Halliburton injury, you know, turned turn things in the opposite direction. But if you get to, you know, early February next season, let's say you're the fourth seed in the East or you're the third seed in the East, and all of a sudden you want to try and make a buy move at the deadline, now here you are with two first-round picks next year. Um, and the ability to, okay, instead of trying to acquire all the picks by trading away Brogdon and trading away Karis LeVert, now it's can you make the move that Cleveland made with you or that Boston made with you to try and get that extra piece to help out your playoff run. So I thought it was a very smart move. Uh, like you said, it's a bit complicated. They don't get Denver's pick. Um, it should be a pick, I, I, I would guess, somewhere in the 20s. We'll have to see how all of that plays out over the next year. Uh, but this, to me, made total sense because it keeps you you know, having the covered stocks a little bit uh, from a flexibility standpoint uh, next offseason and potentially next year. And I think at some point you're going to want to shift things from this, you know, acquiring all the picks and you know, building all this draft capital, all of that. And I get that that's tiresome for a lot of people, but I think it's that balance of still have something so you can make a move whenever you feel like that time – arrives where, okay, let's push a few more chips into the middle of the table. It's uh, Kevin Bowen with us. It was reported yesterday that the Pacers are in a spot right now where they actually do believe that they're far ahead. I shouldn't say far. That's inaccurate. But they are ahead of schedule in their belief, and they're acting accordingly. Did you buy that? Yeah, I don't know if I completely buy it. I guess we'll find out in the next 30 hours, right? I mean, it, it, if they feel that way, I would assume that number seven then would get moved for some veteran, and whoever that is, um, you know, the DeAndre Hunter, the OG Ananobi, um, you know, Tobias Harris, all these other wing names that I feel like have been thrown around. So, you know, free agency starts in uh, in July. So that obviously is on the horizon as well, but I would think if you're going to make a move of substance from a win now ish standpoint, it would happen here before you know things get underway tomorrow night at at eight o'clock. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm there yet, where it's just like push, boom, all the chips into the middle of the table, and 
you feel like you're Boston and Milwaukee and you're going to make a big splash with a guy that, like, okay, he's now the highest paid player on the team. And, I mean, like, Tobias Harris, would that push you over the – like, that to me doesn't do it. Um, I still think you kind of want to organically let Halliburton and Matherin grow together. We still haven't even seen them in the starting lineup um, for, you know, any sort of substance. So, um, I, I'd probably hold off on, on doing anything too, too crazy – but if it made sense and you were able to move a guy and still get, you know, a relatively young piece that could help you out on the defensive end of the floor and guarding wings, you obviously have to field all the calls on that. So I think expectations for this team, and obviously the next 10, you know, 14 days will uh, alter this a bit. But I think expectations should be for this team to be in the playoffs next year. And I actually think probably to be out of the playing part of the playoffs. I think if, you know, health cooperates. I think this is a team that can be a top six team in the, in the Eastern Conference. No, I, I completely agree, and I, I think what has now, you know, who has become the the team leader, would agree with that too. And Tyrese Halliburton, I think he would agree with exactly as to what you just said. And, you know, something we talked about earlier today, John, with Halliburton. You know, he, he's doing the Team USA stuff later this summer. I, I forget where the World Cup is. I want some reason the Philippines is popping in my head, but. Yeah, there will be the world, you know, games uh, coming up this year. And, you know, with Halliburton getting that Team USA exposure, I mean, that is an opportunity for him to, you know, pitch himself and, and I, I guess maybe pitch the Pacers to these guys about, hey, you know, you guys watch us play. You, you, you've heard these positive things. Um, now you can obviously play alongside me with Team USA, and I think that could be – an attractive piece. Obviously, money's going to call and be the end-all, be-all of it. But I do think Halliburton is a really, really attractive guy to want to play with. And I feel like the Team USA experience could allow him to, you know, potentially be that recruiting chip in a very kind of hands-on setting with some of these guys. So I'll, I'll be really interested to see how all of that plays out. You know, probably not in the immediacy, but maybe down the road of, I really enjoyed that. Um, Halliburton seems like a dude that, you know, guys enjoy playing with. Why not, you know, try and, uh, you know, make a move to the Pacers? I'm telling you, we felt this way twice prior, and certainly around here everybody was let down. This does not seem like that it's nearly the same. No, I, I, I've always felt like Halliburton is just wired differently. I, I haven't, you know – Obviously, I haven't hung out with him for long, long periods. I had to do a Thanksgiving event over with the Pacers back last fall, and it was Halliburton and his family. And they just seem like such a down-to-earth group, and, and all of them. I mean, parents, Tyrese, his girlfriend, I mean, everybody seemed like, you know, that, that Midwest feel to it. And I think it helps in a way. And I know Victor Oladipo and Paul George were not like five-star, can't-miss prospects. You know, in Paul's case, you know, he, he wasn't a top-five pick. Um, so I, I know some of their background. It can be similar to Halliburton. But I do love the fact that Halliburton has kind of always been a little bit under-recruited, wasn't even really the lead guy always at Iowa State, certainly wasn't viewed as the lead guy for, for Sacramento. And I think he's got a little bit of that chip on him. But at the same time, I think he's very content living the life that he has right now. And, I mean, he's – like Paul, he's super into fashion, and he certainly has major interest off the floor. But I just think he is a little bit more of what is going to make my basketball brand the best. And I think it's quarterbacking this team. And the Pacers got to continue to support him. 
Whereas I think decisions with the other two, it might have been what is going to help my brand, not just your basketball brand. And I feel like with Halliburton, he views it in a little bit of a different light. And I think he's got an unbelievable basketball IQ when you watch him play. And I think he gets like, all right, this is a great environment for me. The early returns are pretty positive when you look at the rebuild and how it's going. As long as you continue to go down that path, and obviously, I assume he signs the extension here coming up later this, um, the, this summer. I, I, I fully believe he's going to be here uh, for, for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, I, I look back at both those two in, in Oladipo and George and once upon a time, we, we did feel the same. But it certainly evolved over time. And it just seems like Halliburton is, is legit in wanting to build this and build this with those around him now as a part of this nucleus and then the additions of those moving forward as Kevin Bowen joins us. Speaking of which, um, I know that it was cited, and I think these reports came out of Phoenix. Did you buy at all the the reported still having interest in DeAndre Ayton and Rick Carlisle? To me, it seems like Phoenix, and really those that cover Phoenix and Phoenix themselves are trying to find any way, any means possible, to get he and that contract the hell out of the desert, right? But I, I, I guess I would not understand at all why anybody around here now would think that Aiton would be a better option than Turner on any level, whether I'm talking about the head coach here or some clown that's listening to me right now, or me being the clown himself. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I mean – Wing defense is where you need to, um, I think, commit the number seven pick to coming up tomorrow night. Or if you're going to move that pick um, for a veteran, there has to be a prowess on that end of the floor for you. Uh, I mean, I, I think just straight up, Turner is is a better rim protector than Aiden. Aiden probably a better overall rebounder. But I, I don't think all of a sudden Aiden for Turner upgrades you from a defensive standpoint because Turner hasn't been the issue. And sure, overall rebounding, can get better, but you just expose or you leave Turner on an island way too often from an inability to stop anybody on the perimeter. I guess it gets back a little bit to the Halliburton and, and what you've built. You know, obviously, I think Tyrese would excel with DeAndre Ayton, but to me, that just kind of ruffles things up and, and is, is is a bit of the risk that I, I don't really see a ton of return on it or that being worthwhile. I think if you're going to make a risk like that or take a risk, that's where it's got to be a guy that is a wing and can help you out in a position of major need. I don't, I don't even know what the trade package would look like to get an Aiton, but yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I know this kind of started with the report that yeah, this is how Monty Williams felt, and he would have rather had a deal and have Miles in Phoenix than he he did wanting DeAndre Ayton. But and when I read yesterday that uh, reportedly, and again, like 90% of this crap right now is inaccurate. I think we know that. There's a lot of smoke being blown around here, up rear ends and so on and so forth. But when I read that, I thought, why in the world would anybody around here, much less the head coach, have any interest in that whatsoever? Because beyond what you just said, and especially any combination working with as a big Tyrese Halliburton, which will automatically make you better, that guy's been a malcontent most of the time in Phoenix. Why would you even want to mess with that? Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm not sitting here acting like the Pacers need to have a bunch of choir boys on their roster because they don't. And at some point you are going to reach that, that, that time of like, okay, you need to change, change some things up to try and get over whatever that next hump is. And, you know, for the Pacers back a decade ago, it was, all right, go out and get a guy like David West. 
who certainly wired differently and was a huge, huge part of the Pacers making those runs and, you know, on the doorstep of a couple of NBA final trips there in the 2011 and 12 and 13 season. So uh, I don't think you're there yet, though. Uh, and especially, again, for a big guy that it's not like he walks in and you're like, oh, boy, multiple titles or multiple deep playoff runs. I mean, there was times with Phoenix where you know, DeAndre Ayton wasn't on the floor for critical playoff possession. So it, it just it doesn't make sense on the risk of that and the return. If you are going to invest or take a chance right now, it's got to be for a wing. It's got to be for a four, however you want to describe it. I don't think a potential, and I say that in quotes, a potential upgrade from a Turner to an Aiton is something that all of a sudden takes you to a different stratosphere in the Eastern Conference. Uh, to me, it does not at all. And that's why I, I, I just, every time I see the headline, I'm kind of like, where is this, you know, no, oh, I, I think it's all like Phoenix stuff. Up. It's all Phoenix stuff because they – it seems like that there is a, a kind of a joint effort to see where they can get this guy the hell out of Dodge and find anybody that has any basketball acumen that can back up, you know, these players that they went over the top to get out there. And if this, you know, explodes, they're going to be done for a long time. It just kind of seems like they're trying to find a seat someplace else by any means necessary. Yeah, that's a good point. And again, credit to the Pacers for, you know, being in a position right now where from a cap space standpoint or a you know roster standpoint, they are kind of viewed in that light of, hey, they they are close. They obviously still need a couple more things. Um, and then, you know, Kevin Pritchard's done a really nice job of, you know, maintaining where they are from a cap space standpoint. But that kind of goes back to the earlier question, John, about about the trade today and getting a you know twenty twenty four first rounder from Denver. You know, there is going to be a time somewhat soon where you're paying Halliburton a whole different amount of money than you're paying him right, right now. So you aren't always going to have the same sort of cap space flexibility. You would hope that you're not drafting in the top 10 like you have each of the last two years. So that's why this move made a whole lot of sense for me. Didn't want to spend all five draft picks. Get one for next year. And now you can do a couple of things. Again, if you get in a win-now mode come January or February, and boom. You can move that pick then. Or if you end the season and let's say that pick is at 25 and your pick's at 18, now you've got two first-round picks. Package those together, move into the lottery. You know, there, There's a lot of different options that you can do, and I think it's really, really important to continue to try and maintain some of that because let's be honest, as much as I would like to think that Tyrese Halliburton, ability to recruit guys at Team USA could work out, I'll believe it when I see it of guys signing on the dotted line to come here in free agency. In this market, you're still going to have to organically build it, largely oh, through the no. draft. And organically. Kev. Kev. Well. Not organically. No. Is that on the note? Is that on the band? Yeah, list? that is. Yeah. Organic. Unique uh, unique and organic. Unique and organic are what old radio people use that don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> unique and organic. I still love yeah, you, though. You know like that. Said yeah, that's okay. Just that little warning shot right there. No unique and no organic. Not in the Eastern but, Green Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. Like three words in that thing. Cat, rat, dog. About <laughs> it. Uh, it's uh, Kevin Bone with us. Morning show, Kevin Inquiry. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Quickly, though, if you're talking about the, the most often mentioned wing possibilities in any trade, um, Ananobi, right? Uh, Finney Smith, right? And 
Tobias Harris has been mentioned too. Let's just take those three for example. Would anyone give you cause to part with number seven? Because with me, certainly Ananobi would. The other two would not. How about you? Yeah, with those three, it'd probably be in that order. I do think DeAndre Hunter, he was the other name that Jonathan Gavoni threw out there uh, from from ESPN. Yes, yeah, DeAndre Hunter's uh, another one, too. He would probably be second on the list if I was going to rank those guys kind of one to four. I, I, I do think the three-point shot, um, you know, it's not potent, but I, I, it, it's serviceable. And, you know, he is known as a pretty good defender and – Again, he's in such a ball-dominant situation with Trey Young. If you gave him, obviously he's going to have a ton of the ball here with Halliburton and Matherin, but you know he'd be a little bit more in offensive minded role. You know, this guy take it from 14, 15 a game to 18 or 19 a game, something like that. So he would be one that I would that I would look at. And to me, it's probably a big gap. I mean, Ananobi clearly would be one. I think Hunter would clearly be two. And I don't even want, I mean, Finney Smith, I don't know. To me, at times, I'm like, isn't he just kind of like a yeah. role player for yeah, you? Yes, yeah, Harris, yeah. No That's chance. not nearly enough right there. So, I didn't. Yeah, definitely not seven. I mean, yeah, that doesn't not. float. I, I think what also maybe floats it a little bit is the fact that if, you know, if it's Ananobi, for example, you go seven and maybe you, you, you do some other things with those picks and allow yourself to squeeze back in with that, that Raptors pick, you know, in round number one. Maybe you can do something with that. I don't know. Maybe I shine the spotlight more there than the others. Maybe that's one of the reasons. Yeah, because they got the late lottery pick, right. don't they? Right. So I mean that that is that is so so having your cake and eating it too, which is an absolute unknown with the Pacers. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, I would think, and I mean, based off all the reports out there, and obviously they had a trade go through today, you've got to think the Pacers are one of the more active teams, Correct. either making calls or fielding them Yeah. right now, considering all the draft picks and all the guys under contract and this you know, internal dilemma they're having. I mean, I would think a huge chunk of late April into May was about, all right, where are we? Are we still in the rebuild or are we putting the pedal to the metal a little bit more? Um, certainly you field all the calls and you're very open-minded to all of it because you can actually do these things. These aren't far-fetched things that 90% of the league can't do. You are in a position to listen and to potentially act. And so, you know, how that transpires over the next 36 hours, I mean, the, the NBA never has a shortage of off-season drama, uh, particularly from a, you know, player acquisition standpoint. Um, so I, I would think Indiana has got to be one of the more frequently called teams, and they are, you know, making those calls as well. And, you know, again, a major, major credit to Kevin Pritchard. The trio of drafts of Aaron Holiday and TJ Leaf and Goga Batadze are long in the rearview mirror. And you have now executed, I think, a really, really strong year, year and a half of this rebuild. And, you know, what you do in the next 36 hours will be a massive part of continuing that. And obviously that will bleed into July uh, when free agency happens as well. They also have a sense of humor, especially Buchanan, who sent me a Miles Turner jersey after I went after him about um, feeling good and fortunate that that whole signing to an offer sheet of DeAndre Aiden didn't work out. So he sent me a Turner jersey. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> that was like almost, I mean, dude, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, it is funny. It, it, it made me laugh when I picked it up downstairs. I thought, oh, you got to be kidding me. But <laughs> it was pretty funny. Hey, I, I got to go really quick here. 
The Reds have won 11 in a row. Cool. We are uniting as Reds fans really for the first time in forever. And I'm I'm allowing everybody to soak it up because, again, it's it's such rarefied air where this ever happens. How do you feel about this squad in the last 11? I mean, to have done something with the win today that the 70 Big Red machine of the, 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 that decade didn't accomplish, I mean, that is astonishing. I mean, I mean, winning 11 straight in baseball, period, is. But, you know, can you consider the history of the Reds, particularly in that era, um, you know, it dates back to, I think it was 57, I believe it was, or maybe it was 67, uh, the last time that they've won 11 in a row. And the games are just so entertaining. I thought Joey Votto had a great comment. I don't know if you caught him on Dan Patrick earlier, but Votto was like, you know, when, I, when the team was kind of built around me, you know, to make the NBA comparison, we were a throw-it-in-the-post type of team. Yeah. It was slow, methodical, and you're hitting home runs and striking out. And now they just got a spark and a spunk to them. And yep. obviously, Dayla Cruz is a huge part of that. But, you know, balls just get put in play, and then boom, let your speed kind of take over. It's got a little bit more of kind of a high school, college feel to it, um, which, again, is not kind of how the modern game is played. But I love it, and I, I hope we're having the same conversation in you know, July 20th or July 21st and into August as well. And who knows? Maybe they are buyers now here in a month. Hey, Kev, have you ever been blamed for something that not that's not your fault? When's the last time that happened? Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. When's Probably. the last time you got blamed for something that's not your fault? Um, I, I'm sure Jake has done that to me before on the morning show or something, yeah. All right, hey, James, lock Kev in. Okay, really quick. Uh, this one's for Jake. Lock Kev in on the line here. Make sure I don't lose him. Kev, you up here? Yeah. No? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're still up. Make him sure. Can you lock? put him locked down there? All right, hold on a second. Uh, Danny Lopez just called in for his shot on the show here. Hey, Danny, are you there? Of the I'm Pacers? Here. How are you, Jamie? Uh, yep. Kevin Bowen went way too long here, so I apologize that. Can you wait through the break? I sure can. No problem. You got it, buddy. We'll be back with you in a second. Thank you. That's uh, Danny Lopez right there. (laughs) (laughs) You and hitting out are never, you know, fortunately for the Reds right now, they are also not hitting a lot of outs. You and hitting your outs on time, never been a forte, right? Oh, it's not. It is not. But I blamed you right there. I blamed you. All right, buddy. We'll be listening 7 a.m. to morning, see if anything else happens. 7 until 10 a.m. tomorrow morning on uh, NBA Draft day should be great thanks buddy see you guys it is uh kevin bowen right there on the andy moore automotive group pilot it was his fault i was late danny lopez of the pacers awaits ryan carr top of the hour 93.5 and 107.5 the fan whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you the ride with jmv thank you for your support 93.5 and 107.5 the fan ryan car top of the hour Kevin Bowen was just here. The reason why we're running a little bit behind with our next guest, we blame him for that. Reds won their 11th consecutive earlier today over the Colorado Rockies. I'm in a bet with a dude from Anderson. Larry, I believe, right, from Anderson? Because you get the Braves and the Reds coming up this weekend. We're in a bet that is coming up. Listen, I don't care. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to embrace it while it lasts because normally with my favorite baseball team, it does not. 
Pacers make a deal today. We'll talk about that and all else that is going on in the world of sports, along with this and our next guest on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, the Vice President of External Relations and Corporate Communications, a title so long that he needs a billboard, I think, to put that on. It's uh, Danny Lopez with us. So I just want to make sure you knew that that was not at all my fault. Blame that on Kevin Bowen, the reason why we ran along, okay? JMV, I've been bumped by better people than Kevin Bowen. Also worse people than Kevin Bowen, but better people than Kevin Bowen. Oh, well, let's talk a little bit about how you guys, everybody involved, up the ante of All-Star Weekend, even more so with that announcement earlier today with the usage of Lucas Oil Stadium, cannot wait. Normally, I can wait a long time until, what, February? Now we can't wait until February. Yeah, no, this is this was going to be, you know, this is a significant announcement. And the reality is when you when most people think about All-Star, a lot of people associate All-Star with the dunk contest, the three-point contest. It's a lot of the memories that people have, especially if you grew up in the 80s and, and the 90s like I did. And so to have an event like that that is that special and be able to put it in a, in a, in a building like Lucas Oil, which lets us bring more people from the community than ever before, at a totally different price point, right? It's unprecedented that you could have tickets on sale for this event at $24, $49, $79. It's just going to be awesome, and it's going to be a great opportunity to to prove that we're going to do this differently. We're – I can't remember. Where are these events that coincide with NBA All-Star Weekend normally held? What type of venue? So it depends. I mean, so typically it's in it's in the same the same venue as, as the All Star. Yeah, that's game. what I thought. Second, yeah. yeah, but there's secondary venues that the NBA will use in any city. So it just depends. And we when we started this conversation, I mean, it was again, it was really about how do you have a building like this that is that is in on your campus that is so versatile that you can do so many things. You know, putting the game and that experience on the south end, and then being able to use the north end for different concerts or performances or whatever whatever the case is that they announced down the road, but you have a building like this, you got to take advantage of it. And again, it just fits with the theme. We are, we are really committed to ensuring that this is the most community focused all-star in the history of the league. And it, that's something that we take seriously. We've talked about it before on here actually with you. And so that's what this announcement really is about. Yeah. So concerts in one end activities in the other, that is fantastic. And, and then price point wise, you know, we live in a world right now where it is, it is tough. We talk about this, I think, Danny, in terms of concerts, like everybody that's ever like strummed a guitar is out on tour right now. Right. And I mean, it, it is it, it's it's tough to, I think, designate your disposable income with everything that is going on. And, you know, financially speaking, as you brought up for this particular event or events inside Lucas Oil Stadium, that's got to be as price efficient for the public as we have seen in a while. In Salt Lake City, uh, you know the, the the cheapest ticket price was several hundred hundred dollars, and and it's just an expensive ticket. It's a great event. It's an expensive ticket. Uh, we wanted to make sure that it wasn't the case. And when you've got thirty five thousand seats to sell, and um, you know, and and, and you, then you can let people in and and price it in a way that doesn't exclude uh, a whole you know whole swaths of the community. Plus, you know, the other things that we announced today was, you know, we're, the host committee is going to purchase 2,400 tickets and then use our network of community organizations to distribute them to families that otherwise would never come to Lucas Oil for this kind of an event. And then we're going to have, you know, Indigo with, with the free bus rides uh, over that four-day period to make sure that it's easy for people to get into downtown uh, and then get out when uh, if they're heading out when, when the event is over. So everything that we're doing around All-Star Saturday Night is, is designed to, to try to make this as community-friendly as possible. It's uh, Danny Lowe. 
Lopez of the Pacers, the vice president of external relations and corporate communications, with announcement earlier today uh, regarding that and more. All right, so uh, who are you eyeballing for? Con- do you have anything to do with the, the concert stuff, or is that all NBA-driven? No, no. Uh, so, yeah, but there's there, there's going to be announcements coming, so we're not ready to talk about that oh, yet. Oh, crap. Got, we, hey, we've got tons tons of months and lots of excuses for me to come on, James. <laughs> Well, I wanted to hand. I was ready to hand out some advice, but I guess not right here. I don't want to. I don't want to put you. You know, I'm. I'm going to put Ryan Carr on the spot here at five, so I'll leave you off of the spot. Okay. Sounds I'm good. Put you, Sounds I won't put you on it. that. Um, well, I mean, I got. I got bumped, so I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> the, least, that's the least you can do. So, Daddy Lopez is with us too. When you when you look at this event, it has been a long time coming, and I, I know you know well before you got here as well from from what you have gathered what why has it been so long since 1985 until now i know a lot of it has been certainly recently pandemic driven but why has it been since 1985 until now yeah i you know i don't i don't know the answer to that i you know remember that when we bid on this it was 2017 when yeah when larry drove drove that indy car down fifth avenue so we've been at, at this for quite a long time. I mean, what's, what's really cool about this one in particular is, you know, when you think about Herb as the longest tenured owner in the NBA, his special relationship with, with Adam and with the league, uh, and this being, you know, the obviously the last all-star that for, for him, uh, it's going to be special. And then with Fusen, you know, was brought into the organization almost 40 years ago to do the 1985 all-star and, and now, you know, bookending his career essentially as our CEO, and being able to to do this one, I mean, it, this this one has a lot of really special aspects to it um, that we're we're incredibly excited about, and it's and it's why we're we've you know we've got a host committee of 400 people, and we we've, we've been working essentially for seven years to try to make this a, a really special event. And Danny, I'm kind of curious about this. I don't know how many people might be, but you mentioned going back to 2017 and you know Larry and the IndyCar and you know and announcing this. Uh, how much evolution has there been between that moment, you know, going through a pandemic and then where you are now, much less than a year um, away from hosting this event? How different was it then compared to how different is it with that in your sights now? Well, I mean, I think from both a sort of tangible and intangible way, it's different, right? When, when, you know, obviously from the standpoint that we, from 2021, we completed construction on Fieldhouse of the Future. We're getting ready to cut ribbon on the uh, Bicentennial Unity Plaza, which will be another space that we can activate during the event and connects up the neighborhoods around downtown. Uh, so there's elements, there's physical elements of, of this that are going to be different than what we would have been able to do in 2021. So that's a cool aspect of it. Uh, but then I think just even the way this organization operates now and this commitment to the community, I mean, to hear Rick talk about in 1985, it was about producing the event, you know, the, the best event you possibly could produce for the fans. But there wasn't a whole lot of thought given to how you make this inclusive and how you pull the community into it and how you engage neighborhoods around downtown and how you do fun activations that make this so much more than basketball. And I think since 2020, for sure, but, you know, for the last several years, we've just been thinking differently as a company about uh, how we uh, how we activate things both on and off the court, and they're equally important now. So, uh, so I mean, from that standpoint, this is going to be a very different event than, than what you know what we were planning for for twenty one. It's uh, definitely amazing. There's no doubt about that. So again, you, it's uh, Danny Lopez with us at the Pacers. Uh, the announcement earlier today, I just kind of gave the thumbnail sketch on the uh, the All Star other festivities of the All Star weekend going to be at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. What else can the fans around here certainly soak up? 
once February arrives. Yeah, so that's one of the things we, we try to reinforce. Whether or not you're coming to the game, and there was some social media chatter about, you know, why are we doing the game at Lucas Oil? We're not doing the game at Lucas Oil. The game is at GameBridge on Sunday uh, afternoon. So I want to make that clear. Uh, the All-Star game is still here. But whether or not you're coming to any of these events, um, you know, there's going to be Fan Fest. We'll make announcements on that. There'll be a really cool Fan Fest this year. Uh, and then there's just stuff going on. One of the things about All-Star is that you've got pop-up retail and culinary, food stuff, and arts projects that are going to be going on, music all throughout downtown. I mean, there's going to be tons of things for people to do uh, when they get downtown to just walk around and experience. And we want people from 92 counties to come down here and experience everything that All-Star has to offer, whether or not you're coming to the game. Look at that. Danny Lopez with a 92 counties reference right there. Well done. <laughs> How about that? Well done right there. It's like, it's, like I've, it's like I've done this before. All right. So you know what 28 means if you see it on a license plate in the lower right-hand corner? You know where they're from? I don't. That's, I don't. It's Green County, Danny Lopez. That's Green County. Is that right? Come on, man. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I know. See, I'm going to use that next time. Well, it's about I as – it's about as – 28 and 29, I'll give you a great example. Where, do you live in Hamilton County? I do. Okay, so you're just a you're just a number away, and that's about as close as Greene County and Hamilton County will ever be in anything. I never, cons- I never considered the numbers on the license plates, and I probably <laughs> But you learn something. Look, I woke up this morning. I said, I'm going to learn one thing. Yes. Every day I try to learn one thing. That's my thing for the day. Well, that's going to be the first time anybody's ever going to tell you they learned something on this show between three and six <laughs> right here. Let me tell you. But, no, hey, congratulations. And I know that th- this is certainly an eyeball full for all you guys right now. But, you know, I know it started, you know, well, you know, even before 2017, and it has been a, a long time coming. So congratulations to how. This this event's ever evolving, and you know, as as people normally do around here, I never say I'm a part of it, even though I certainly embrace being a part of it and knowing how great things are run around here. It'll be another fantastic event. Yeah, it will be, and and we really do appreciate you, you having us on and giving us a chance to talk about this stuff. It's exciting. It's significant. We want the community to be excited about it. All right, I appreciate that. By the way, I believe that the week after that's the combine again, right? Yeah, Lucas Oil Stadium. It, it, there, there is there is so much happening over the next couple of weeks. We've got the swimming, you know, we're a year yeah. out from the swimming trials. We've got so much happening here over the next year, year and a half. And it's just, you know, we've got to get better about telling the story and talking about the things that we do really well, the things that we host, because there's just a ton going on, JMV. There's a yeah, ton. There is. Hey, Danny, I appreciate it as always, man. You call in any time, but congratulations on moving forward with this, and it's going to be a great year, no doubt. All right. Thanks, JMB. I appreciate it. Have a great one. You too. Denny Lopez of the Pacers right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. That's a hell of a story. Yeah, 28. 28's Greene County, 29's Hamilton County. It literally is as close as these two counties will ever be at anything. Anything. I know. I mean, you're talking about Sheridan. I mean, Sheridan, like, I guess. Hey, by the way, ESPN has a brand new mock draft out. I don't know if this is the final one. I don't even know if you care. There is a first round name missing. And kind of more of the same at number seven with the Pacers. We'll double back and get to that on the other side. And we'll ask him who they're going to draft in number seven, who they have the most interest in at number seven. He will not answer it, but we will talk with him about those he has had. He, along with Rick Carlisle and Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan, into the building. Uh, Ryan Carr going to join us coming up with the Pacers, top of the hour. 93.5107.5 The Fan. 
The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, sir. There's been a little problem in the cockpit. The cockpit? What is it? It's the little room in the front of the plane where the pilots sit. That's not important right now. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Daddy Lopez of the Pacers about their announcement they made earlier today. Bowen a little bit earlier about a lot of things, including the 11-game win streak, the streaking, yes, we call it the streak, 11 consecutive by the Reds, a big weekender with the Braves. Hey, listen, I realize, but I'm just not, I am not wired with this Reds team, or any Reds team for that matter, to think of it in the terms of, well, the Royals stink, and the Astros are slumping, and the Rockies stink. I don't care. I do not care. 11 in a row, they're interesting, and the results are there while they're interesting. I mentioned this before the break, too. ESPN's latest mock draft for the NBA draft tomorrow night. Shockingly, Victor Wimbayama, number one overall to the Spurs. Brandon Miller, number two to the Hornets. Scoot Henderson to the Blazers at number three. And if you're curious about what they have at number seven, uh, Jess Walker out of Houston, number seven overall by the Pacers. Cam Whitmore they have sliding to number eight out of Villanova. Taylor Hendricks, Central Florida, also commonly mentioned surrounding the possibilities for the Pacers at seven, nine to the Jazz. Grady Dick, because I just enjoy saying the name, and he can shoot it. He's I better not even put it that way. You want me to say it, but I'm not. Uh, number 11 overall. Should go further down. Jalen Hood Shafino slides into the Hawks at number 15. But in this mock for ESPN, there is no Trace Jackson Davis in round number one. I think Ben Shepard's Ben Shepard at the end of round one, according to this mock. Let that kid out of uh, Belmont. I'll look that up. I might have that wrong. Jaime Jaquez of UCLA, up at number 23 overall. Chris Murray of Iowa, number 24. Uh, he is out of Belmont. That's what I thought. Thank you very much. So that is the latest mock, uh, which is at all not surprising. Yeah, and then James sent me this from Adrian Wojnarowski. The Celtics are working on a trade to acquire Christoph Porzingis in a three-team deal that sends Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers. <laughs> Brogdon. Uh, Brogdon, he may be more of a slep rock than me. I mean, if you think I'm bringing the, the bad karma and the bad luck, then try bringing Malcolm Brogdon to your team. I know what you're going to say. Well, wait a minute. It's not like the Celtics. Well, I mean, according to where the Celtics were supposed to be and expected to be, that was a whiff this past year. Just was. Uh, The Clippers would be sending Marcus Morris, Amir Coffey, and the 30th pick to Washington. Again, poor Zingas, who's been all over the place. Three-team deal. Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers. Marcus Morris, Amir Coffey, and the 30th pick to Washington. 
That is the latest right there. Uh, JMB, this is from Jeremiah. So I caught the tail end of your conversation with Kevin Bowen about the Reds and getting blamed for going over on time. I hope I didn't miss any carryover talk from this AM about the Titanic submersible. Were they talking about that? That little exploratory thing there? Yeah, that's been in the headlines the past couple of days. Thank you, Jeremiah. A quick break and we shall return. Uh, This is from Chris before I hit it too, by the way. In about 1986, I was at the Orlando airport. I asked the cabbie for a solid local food choice. He says, racks. I thought Richmond has two of them. I am rocking an old school racks shirt if you want to check it out online via YouTube live. Inside the lounge, you can. Rax once upon a time dotted the landscape here in Indiana and was a fantastic lunch or dinner option. And now you've got to go to Ohio, maybe one place in Kentucky, and one in Illinois. Rax, everybody. Get beyond legit it was. Quick break, we'll come back. His name is Ryan Carr. Ryan Carr is going to have an interesting outlook because he's seen everything. And we'll find out from him, or at least he'll beat around the bush about who they're going to draft. I'm sure of that. Ryan Carr, the Pacers, he's the vice president of player personnel. Ryan's going to join us next. Don't leave. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the show. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Bowen, Danny Lopez so far today. We got to get Bobby Marks back on later on this week, too, to figure some stuff out. Uh, meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, uh, he is a longtime friend of the show, vice president of player personnel. His name is Ryan Carr, who's joining us now, the Pacers. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Hey, how are you doing, John? So uh, what, uh, what, ha- what happened today? Can, are you allowed to talk uh, about that? No? Uh, if something happened today, are you allowed to talk about it? Uh, no, nothing that I know of happened. There's a lot of speculation about a lot of stuff going on. Well, look how savvy. That, that I read. but um, Look how savvy. Yeah. You're such a savvy dude. I knew you were. <laughs> hey, okay. So beyond that, um, that's okay. I understand that. So who are you guys going to draft at number seven? You going to tell me that or uh, tell me to get bent? Uh, I mean, you, you ask me this every single year. I know. And uh, you keep asking. And, I mean <laughs> – how could I possibly know something that's going to happen in, uh, you know, 27 hours or so? Because oh, you guys are locked in, right? This well, is like the culmination in, of months, a month of uh, of workouts and interviews no and question. such. Yeah, yeah we've, we've had a busy month with all these picks and getting all these guys in. I think we've probably set a, a Pacers franchise record for a number of prospects. Um, coming through the doors, which has been a, a ton of fun, and the last few weeks has has been busy, and um, yeah, just it's been a lot of fun. We'll know m- more people in this draft, probably face to face, than any other draft um, since I've been here. So yeah, it's been f- busy and fun, and 
Looking forward to seeing what happens tomorrow night. Yeah, a little bit higher. You drafted a year ago. How did last year in in finding, unearthing in this case, just a, a really good rookie season for Benick Matherin, how did that compare, you know, sizing up that group compared to the work you guys have put in in the past month here this year? Yeah, we're certainly hopeful. I mean, you know, we all three picks last year, uh, I mean, Ben and Andrew and, and Kendall Brown were super excited about. And if we can recreate that um, tomorrow night and, and get guys who we we feel are going to be as good as those guys, then it'll be another great, uh, great night. Um, I want to ask you this because I know uh, none of which I am about to ask you. Um, how do you size up? I mean, athleticism, shooting ability, certainly in the moment in which they're working out in front of you. I mean, you can yeah. see that. And even, even if, even if Ryan, the shot's not going down, it's probably somewhere yeah. in the general vicinity, and you probably know that the stroke looks really good. But how do you size up somebody that you would expect and has, I, I guess, a prowess of playing on the defensive end? How do you size that up in workouts? Yeah, I mean, I think, right, like, I mean, we spend, you know, a lot of these guys we've been watching for years, certainly a couple years at the least. And, and now with the COVID years in college, you know, half a decade or more, uh, some of these guys as well. So, you know, you you know what – you feel like you know what they can do um, with the, as much as you've seen them live and you've watched tape on them and, and, and all of that. Um, so, so getting them in, what, what's great about the workouts is getting them in and being able to put them in specific situations with our coaching staff and, and see how they respond and, and, and let them, you know, see, try to see if they can do some of the same things that they've done, uh, that's made them successful in a, you know, in a NBA style setting, which is different than college. Like the games are different. They're different rules altogether, you know, honestly so you've got to learn a whole new a new you know kind of a whole new game in some ways some of it uh, the basics are certainly the same but um you know what what coach carlisle may ask him to to do here would be you know a little bit different just because of rules and you know the way the nba is played so you put them in those situations so you know there's there's guys who do better in a in a in an NBA situation, there's guys that it takes longer to figure it out. There's guys that, you know, maybe were really good in their college program that, that don't, you know, adapt well to it. So you're just trying to get clues into all of that, um, you know, in that 45 minutes to an hour that they're on the court. The vice president of player personnel, he's Ryan Carr of the Pacers, kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Did you have anybody that you saw, and I know you're not going to name names. I respect that, but I'm going to ask anyway. Did you have anybody where you thought, oh, wow, this year oh, at yeah. the end of a, yeah, every, a workout? Every year. Yeah, every year, um, this year included. They're just, again, when you get get somebody maybe outside of of where they were and, and they can just show maybe they're able to do more than what they were asked to do for their college team or um, there's there's definitely oh wows uh, and it, it's fun to see those and you know get gets you excited for the the potential that you know that player may you know may possess and you hope that you see it and none of the other teams see it that they go around and, and work out for uh, but it, it definitely happens I, I don't think it's you know common it's not happening with a huge 
number of the kids, but it definitely will happen throughout the process. What do you put more stock into? You put more stock into, you know, what you either see live inside a venue, what you see on tape, or these individual workouts and interviews you guys perform? Yeah, I, I think you, you have to go on the, the larger body of work. Um, you know, our, our scouting staff works tremendously hard going to games all around the world um, to watch all these guys and, um, you know, multiple times. And, you know, they're writing reports and ranking guys and doing all their work. So, you know, I, I think you you have to – the biggest part of it has to be on that. But, but you know, also who these guys are – you know, the, the, you know, intel you find out about them, the interviews, you know, you, you can watch a kid and you can, you can kind of get a preconceived notion of what you think that kid would, would be like when they sit down in an interview and they may be totally different for the good or the bad or, you know, and so you, you've got to go, go through all of that and it all goes into it. Uh, we, we hope that over the years we've, we've kind of, honed in on the kinds of kids that can be successful here and, and working with, you know, Rick and, and his staff on what, you know, kind of what kind of player may help them and, and then taking this group and and looking through it and, and by the way, not passing up on a, a really, really talented kid that, that may be there over over just a need. So there's all these different things that we spend weeks talking through and going through scenarios. Uh, trying to figure out to make sure that we we can be as prepared as possible. Do you know who you want to draft right now? There's a there's a there's a small group of guys that I think we feel really comfortable at uh, at in the picks that we have, and you know we're trying to trying to get information from around the league to to see if those guys will be there. Uh, but we feel pretty good at each of the picks about. Um, you know, a few guys that we like in those, those ranges. So we, you know, Kevin's pretty aggressive. Um, you know, we've done it in the past where in the draft, we'll, we'll try to try to make sure that we, we try to get somebody we like, um, you know, sometimes you're able to move. Sometimes you're not, you know, it takes, takes two to, to make a trade and, um, you know, you, you have to work that out and, and on the clock, you have to, you know, work it out quick. So Kevin's really good at that and makes quick decisions and, um, you know, just try to try to make sure we'll come out of this with, with uh, a few guys that we like, which I, we're confident we will. So Ryan Carr, the Pacers, joins us. I, I'm kind of curious about this. Is there uh, two things, actually, but I'll start right here, too. Sure. Um, it's great because, you know, you are a part of a team that can score 135 in a game. I mean, easily. Yeah. Offensive talent is there. But yeah. not so good in terms of what they sometimes will give up because sometimes they'll give up 137. So where is the priority as far as addressing the defensive side going into this season, in this off season for your team? Yeah, I think, you know, when we get got done with the season and, and even during the season talking about it, but, you know, it's definitely something that we're looking – to get better at, we need to. I mean, for our team to keep getting better, um, you know, some of these young guys, there's always an adjustment, and we've got to help them and, you know, add other players uh, to the team who are who who want and will, you know, defend. Um, you know, the, the rules uh, favor offensive basketball, but that, you know, you still need to 
uh, be able to stop some people, and that's something we we are focused on improving for sure. So Larry Bird was with you in a number of those workout settings. Yeah. Uh, former coach, uh, obviously former team president. Yeah. How do you utilize him now? Yeah, he, you know, Larry, he's helped us since he's uh, since he stepped down from president however many years ago. He's helped us all, I think, but one year. And this year it seemed to get a little bit more, uh, you know, publicity than normal. But, uh, it, you know, you, you're talking about – Larry and his experience and all those different facets that you just mentioned. And he loves the draft. He's been studying it all year. It's fun to, you know, to talk with him throughout the year and, and, uh, you know, keep him up to date on, uh, on these guys. And he's watching film like crazy and watching games. And, you know, so to get his, his input, he's always loved the draft. He loved the draft when he was president. Um, there's always, something that he put a lot of time into and so just to have his voice uh, you know obviously kevin values it we all value it um and so it's it's just fun to to have him here he has a you know perspective as larry bird that you know i could never have would never profess to be able to have so uh and and other than i think i think brian winters is would probably rank as our second best NBA player that's on our uh, scouting staff and and having those kind of voices are really uh, just really important because they've played the game. They were really, really good and great players. Um, So their perspective is just really, really useful and and valued. I'm assuming that that most of you in that room prioritize at the top of your list of of what you're looking at in a player, uh, prioritize things differently. I'll ask you first, what, what's your top priority and what you're looking at with a player? And, and I guess we'll factor in this too, Ryan, what you're looking at in a player you believe best fits this team moving forward. What's the at the top of your list? Yeah, well, the, the draft is interesting, right? Because the draft is not like, you know, you can create the perfect player um, wherever you're picking. So, you know, you, there may be a player that's a really good shooter who's really talented that at, at one team would have more opportunity. You, you know, we were just talking about defenders. There's some guys who are really good defensively, but maybe not as good defensively. There's all these, there's all these different strengths and weaknesses. And then there's just pure potential, right? So, you know, a guy that gets picked, you know, in this draft, if you're talking about Wimbayama or, or some of these other guys at the top of the draft, you know, you're hoping if you draft them, they, you know, they should be all-stars. And that's just a, you know, if not, you know, you're hoping even, you know, multiple-time all-stars. So it's different. Like, um, you you know, if you have a chance to pick any position of somebody that you think could be, you know, a multiple-time uh, all-star, you probably need to do that. Um, you know, rather than picking the one position that you just need to fill the hole you know, that that's not a good idea. So, you know, keeping that in mind, um, we, you know, we break down the rankings into tiers. This has been talked, this is no, like, you know, team secret. This is what many, many teams do, if not all of them. And, and kind of the rule is if you have a chance to draft somebody in the highest tier remaining, regardless of the position, you should do it. Now, if there's, you know, similarly talented guys, 
that on potential and future projection you think are going to be similar, then you you know then it's safe to go uh, to a need. But but the problem is if you if you just draft straight for need and you're and you and you pass up more talented players, you can look at any draft from the NBA or any other league, you know, in any year. And nobody tries to pick a player that's not going to work out. And yet there's players, whether it's the first pick, second, fifth, you know, 20th, whatever it is, many don't work. And there's a variety of reasons for that. Um, But you can look at it. Every team picked that player thinking that they were going to succeed. So looking at the hit rates and, and, and all of that and how guys perform historically, you you want to pick a player that has the best chance to be, you know, a good, the best NBA player um, available in that range. So it's, it's really kind of something we talk through a lot. We work through it a lot. Um, it's something we're talking about while the draft is going on. Um, as we talk through again, how the, how the draft is playing out, what particular scenario that, you know, it's looking like it's going to come to, um, and that's kind of the the way you go through it. It's, uh, Ryan Carr is with us, the vice president of player personnel for the Pacers. Again, kind enough to join us the day before the draft here in the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, can I ask you about individual players you guys had in for workouts yeah, and your sure. thoughts? Do you mind? Yeah, if, sure. Um, Jess Walker out of Houston. Um, and this is what – you don't give a crap about what I think, and I understand that, but I'm just going to give you my thoughts. You don't know that. I might be hanging on – I might be just <laughs> hanging on this, waiting for, to hear what you think. Okay, well, I'm going to keep it short. Very simple, then. He looks like that of the players that may be – let's just say this. The players that you have worked out, he looks as ready-made to me to, to give you guys some production on both ends – the earliest, the quickest here. What did you see in his game and watching Houston tape? And then what did you see in his workout? Yeah, I think with, with Jarris, obviously you see the body, right? For, for his age and um, kind of where he is, he's, he's, he's just a very mature uh, body. Like that's, that's different than a lot of, you know, 18 and 19 year old kids in this draft. He, you know, he has a. He, I think he has a really nice feel. I think he, like you said, he has a a chance to impact both ends of the floor. Um, you know, to step in right away. I mean, I I think he's still going to be a rookie. He's going to have a lot, a lot to learn, um, as as do all these guys. Um, but I do think that he does have some some feel and some skill level as a power forward that. Um, you know, uh, you know, is is unique for his age, and I I think, you know, you go and see him play, and he's unselfish, and um, he likes playing, uh, making plays for other people, and uh, again, defensively, he's he has a chance to be very good with that body and being able to take contact and guard fours, and yet be you know pretty athletic. So, you know, he was interesting um, player for sure, along with the number of these other guys that I don't know if you'll ask me about. Oh, Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so go down, you know, Taylor Taylor can shoot the ball. He, he, you know, he's a phenomenal kid. He gives you, again, two-way presence. He, you know, his block shots and uh, his ability to move his feet. And uh, just a great kid. Jarris as well. Both of them really, really great kids. Um, 
you know, I, I think Taylor's the first thing that he can do, probably tied two things, uh, would be, you know, defensively ability to move his feet for a big guy and then being able to hit hit shots uh, as he did at Central Florida. So um, I think, though, you know, you talk about those two guys, they're, they're totally different, um, but both have a chance to be good players. Cam Whitmore. Yeah, Cam. Cam's a powerful wing player. Um, you know, you're talking about a kid that was MVP of, a, of the U19 uh, tournament last summer, um, and he came off the bench for that tournament. Was still MVP. Uh, he's he's just a physical force. Um, you know, uh, he and Jarris again. You know, he brought up Jarris's body, and I think Cam Cam much the same. Um, has has ability and athleticism that he should be able to to play both ends of the floor um and just to you know I, I think he's a gamer like i think you know you talk to coaches and stuff and they talk about how he loves when the light lights come on and he he kind of had a setback this year you know he missed some games with an injury and um you know but when you saw him before before villanova he was he was a dominant, dominant player. I'm honestly, I just kind of want to bring up right now, guys. You had in for an individual, then I'll maybe sprinkle in a couple that you had in for the sure. the multiplayer workouts. Grady Dick yeah. of Kansas. I mean, can flat shoot it. Um, Grady is a is a shooter. He's, he's he's pretty athletic. He's got great size. Could end up one day playing three and four. Um, you know, I, just a, a great shooter is what comes to mind when you when you bring his name up. Did he um show you guys uh, an increased level of athleticism? Maybe maybe you didn't know, maybe you didn't see when he was a freshman at Kansas at all. Yeah, I think you saw hints of it um, at KU, uh, but I think you know we do some stuff with him, and it, it would, I think we got a pretty good uh, look at his athleticism here for who, sure. Who else you have in individually that I'm not naming? I think that that might be that might be it. it. it might be. I think that's it. Actually, you got us pegged. Um, here's one guy that I like. Um, and you brought him in. I think he was like in the group of the first workouts you guys had from UCLA. He, he just he's a winner. I and mean, that's kind of at the top of the list here. What do you think about Jaime Hawkes Jr. and how he translates oh, yeah. to the next level? Yeah, Jaime's you know Jaime's a, a multi-skilled kid that like you said a winner ucla has has won a tremendous amount of games under coach cronin and you know those guys are coached um they're challenged they're you know they're you're not gonna not play hard and play defense and be tough and make great decisions at ucla and um you know he did all those things and you know just a just a i think you summed it up he's he's a winner um he knows what to do and when to do it and you know I, I would think that that will translate for him to the next level did you guys bring in ben shepherd of belmont we did yeah ben came in and um ben's a you know ben's a really good player maybe a little bit under the radar for fans um you know just in general because he played at belmont but can really shoot high iq plays really hard um you know he, he's he's you know he's he's a guy that uh, has gotten better every single year at Belmont, and you know not, yeah, like like you said, just a has a chance to be a good a good wing. 
So, again, Ryan Carr, the Pacers, he joins us. What did you think when, when Trace Jackson Davis came in and worked out for you guys? Yeah, you know, Trace, I mean, Trace is a, a great kid. Obviously, we get to see him a ton and close. Some of us are, are pretty close with that program down there. And, and uh, right. you know, he he's, he's just, a, I mean, it's his career speaks for itself. Um, you know, he's athletic, he's strong, he can really run. I think the thing that really impressed me with Tracer's game this year was actually his passing and him seeing the floor, whether he was in the post or, you know, faced up to the basket. He really saw his teammates well. Uh, and I think that that's something that in the NBA he can be utilized to do. Um, but I think he, he showed in the pre-draft process uh, an ability to shoot that, you know, we just didn't see with what they had him do at IU or what he did do. So, you know, there's traces, Trace is going to, Trace is going to be a good NBA player and, and should have a long, a long career if he keeps working as he has and, and keeps doing a lot of the stuff that, that he's been doing, you know, and he did at IU. I, I know that he shot, we had him on after the workout too. And I know that he, yeah. uh, he, he shot the ball. I, I don't know how often, even like at center Grove, I don't know how often I ever saw him taking perimeter jump shots. That's, that yeah. was still kind of weird. Yeah, for sure. But you know, he, he looked confident in it. Um, he had a good shooting workout and, you know, you, I, again, like we just haven't seen him do it a ton in, in games. So, you know, is his confidence ready to do it in games? I don't know. And in, in drills, he looked—he, you know, he looked like he'd been working on it. And again, with the, with the other stuff that he can do, if, if that's, you know, if that is the case that he'll do it, then you know, it's going to add a whole nother dimension to his game. He's a Pacers vice president of player personnel, Ryan Carr, talking about uh, those that they have worked out a part of tomorrow night's NBA draft. He's with us via. The Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline for the criteria that you guys had a year ago, this time a year ago, and you ended up obviously with the, that first round pick, the first the pick you guys had on the board being Benedict Matherin. Yeah, clearly that worked out smashingly in year number one. And I'm going to get to Nimhart in a second too because that did as well. But did did Matherin give you exactly what you guys thought that he would even earlier than maybe you guys thought? in his rookie season. Was it kind of what you thought in his workout, what you thought you were going to get, and what you got in year number one? Yeah, we knew we were going to get an extremely driven, motivated player who wants to be great. And I think that what we got to see was early returns on you know, his work ethic and, and his drive uh, and what he wants to be as a player extremely coachable likes to be coached hard likes to be challenged a response to all of that and i just i think you saw the beginning of what what we think is going to be a really really great career and there was uh, there's tons of stuff for him to learn again like a rookie coming into the nba is it's a lot it's probably like you know whatever the saying is of of being you know, the, the a fire hydrant through a hose or whatever the saying is, that's well, that's what it's like for all rookies and, um, you know, for him too. And, but what's great is you could take him out, Rick and the coaching staff, correct, work with him, whatever, and go right back out. And um, I just, I think you're just, 
just saw the the scratch of the surface with how good he wants to be and and uh, and and what he's going to do here. Andrew Nimhart, I watch a lot of Gonzaga games, and I I was completely wrong about how he, especially early on, translated. I thought that there would be a, a bit of a struggle against the higher caliber, quicker guards. Yeah. And maybe, Ryan, I was taking that off of that, that Baylor game with you know Davion Mitchell on the backcourt and the yeah. group of guards that they had, where it was a struggle for Gonzaga and, and certainly Nimhart of the national championship game. But was it surprising at all, the type of rookie season he had, given the workout he gave you and the thoughts that you had watching tape and seeing him play live for Gonzaga? Yeah, with, with Andrew, I mean, what we, you know, what we knew was the complete trust that coach few had in him. Um, what we knew was his high level feel and IQ. Uh, we thought honestly that he would have been picked at least like 10 picks sooner. We, we had a much higher on our board. We were ecstatic when he was there, obviously to pick him. And, um, and you know what he showed from almost day one of rookie free agent camp before we went to summer league was um, was what he showed in the pre-draft process. And it just kept getting better. So, you know, I I think he he's just really smart on the court. He has just a advanced feel. Um, he can play with the ball. He can play off the ball. It gave us a ton of uh, of options. Uh, you know, in the backcourt. And just you know, he he's just fearless and and smart, and he you know he goes out. And I think when you have people that are willing to make the right play every single time, and you know we've got three three guys, primary ball handlers in in Ty and TJ McConnell and Andrew, that you know you never have to worry about decisions with those with those three guys. They just you know they'll they'll almost 100% of the time make make the right play and they make the guys that they play with better um and that's such a you know a luxury um to have so um you know a lot of teams would probably would probably like to have one of those guys and and we've we've got all three of them and they you know they they helped us have you know get off to a great start and just have a season you know where where we were we were playing some some really good offensive basketball, and particularly as you alluded to earlier. Um, did you guys feel like that they were ahead of schedule? That was my feeling. I I, I feel like that that they were ahead of schedule, even though they didn't make the postseason. Um, and, and I know that it was a small thumbnail sketch of you know December when they really got hot before yeah. Tyrese got injured and went out for an extended period of time and then obviously things didn't go as well yeah. then but did you guys feel as a group within that organization that they were ahead of where you thought that they were going to be at that time with this group moving forward this past year well I think yeah I think you have to give the you know certainly give the players and give Rick and his staff both a ton of credit for you know for the work they did um, getting that team to come together and the number of young guys on the team and just everything meshing together. But again, like when you get, when you get guys who want to play the right way and you get a coach who's coaching them to play the right way and, and, and all the people behind it, that's, it's, that's moving in the same direction. It can be a lot of fun and you can, you know, you can, you know, move a little quicker and maybe overachieve a, a little bit. And that was, 
that was fun. You know, the, the, the season ended kind of, you know, you, you hit it on the head and um, we're looking forward to kind of adding, add more to it and regrouping with the, you know, with the pieces and, and seeing if we can't, um, you know, keep getting better. So Ryan Carr with us, before I let you go here, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you uh, you get intel, you get uh, information um, yeah. out there regarding the draft before these selections are made. Are, are you getting all this intel from other teams? Uh, I mean, not as much from other teams. Well, where where, do, mean, you, where do you get it from? Yeah, well, there's, there's really – there's several uh, – there's intel on players, that's separate. And then the intel on the draft, I mean, agents – you know, guys with other teams, it's like this massive rumor mill that you have to try to decipher what's true, what's not, the misinformation that's that's being spread. What, what, uh, what's for, the percentage of BS over actual truth? Oh, I mean, probably ninety eight percent. I mean, well, hell, that's what that's, that's what I said I do here all the time. So I'm right on yeah, I'm right on target. I, I was just about <laughs> ready to say it's basically like listening to your show and then trying to figure it out. But I mean. <laughs> You know, it's it's entertaining, and some of it makes sense, and some of it, most of it doesn't. But I mean, you know, it's probably like listening to me for the last thirty minutes as well. Well, listen, and I prep everybody for the. I prep everybody because I mean, you guys, you guys got to keep things on the down low here a little bit. Uh, but you got, you know, we we kind of want to know if it's just a a, a tidbit, a tidbit of information, if you will, about what you guys might be be thinking. But you, all this. If you gather all this intel and 90% of it is BS, and I'm assuming 90% of it around the NBA is BS to all the other teams as well, then I, everybody's lying. You guys lie as much everybody. as everybody else? <laughs> we we try to do our part as much as everybody else. I mean, we, you know, we try, we try to do our best, We you know, and, and, and do the best we can, but you know the, the 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 truth of it is no matter what you know you 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 get into tomorrow night and there's going to be you know at least a couple things that go you're just every year you're just waiting for the first thing that throws the whole thing you know off from what everybody was expecting and your immediate thought is how do we benefit from this and in certain years going all the way back to like granger um, and different different guys, um, PG, uh, we you know we've Miles, we've been able to uh, we've been able to you know really benefit off of something that maybe went a little bit different than than what was expected, and and that's a that's a big part of it. That's why you prepare and, and make sure that you're you've talked through every everything that you can, and and you know do everything you can to make sure nothing you know, throws you off or, or anything like that. So. I know you guys are glad I'm I was right about Miles all along too. I know. I, I know, know you've been a you've been a supporter and yes. and it was it was uh you know, we're Miles is a great teammate. Miles is a really great player and I I just I was I've been been ecstatic the way he's grown over the years and you know he, he had his best season last year and we're hopefully he's going to do better than that next year uh, my producer's cussing me out but i did have one final thing have um okay. you guys i know i'll give you a great example i think asar thompson last week was going to work out and then it got canceled i, I think late in that that whole reporting workout process yeah. do, you, do you guys still meet with anybody that you don't work out um, yeah, we, we do that. That, that was interesting. John. Did you that, meet with him? Just, 
just to clear that up, yeah, we we met with them at the combine, but just just to clear that up, that things change in this process. You would have no idea the different versions of each workout until we get there, and we thought we had that that up and and you know and it just so happened it changed and it, it canceled literally like two minutes after you know after it, it's a little bit of a long story but it was it was just unfortunate because it, it you know the timing you know looked bad but but it's stuff like that it's a window into how fluid this whole these th- these weeks are of going through workouts and putting guys together and who's coming in when and not coming in and this happens and that so it's a it's a it's a moving process in all all ways shape and form like you'll there's often times you know we didn't have anybody the night before that we had to but there's injuries there's sickness there's uh, any number of reasons why things change in those workouts. So it, it would be great if you could just say, okay, I want yeah. you this day, you this day, you this day, you this day. Um, but, you know, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. So, yeah, that, that one, I think that's maybe in all my time the first time that we've, it, you know, we've thought it was good enough to release and then it changed. Um, but, you know, just that's the way that one But you, you feel that you have enough intel right now. You feel capable. Yeah, we feel feel great. Um, You know, there was, there's always a point in this process. I know you're probably really getting in trouble now, but there's, there's probably, there's a point in this process when, you know, in my position where like, oh my gosh, I don't know if we're going to have all this ready. It all works out. We all work really hard to get it, get it done. In the last few days we've been, you know, I think we're, we're really good with where we are and just been prepping through scenarios and, and getting ready for tomorrow. I know a lot of questions right there, brother. Thanks for handling yeah, them as you normally do. Wow. I I love being on when I get a chance to, and um, I, I'm looking forward to this Saturday night uh, for the GMV takeover. Oh my man, my man, right Heck there. Man. Well, yep. go out, go out and get a play because I mean, Chad Buchanan tried to say, well, the next couple of years, and I said, BS. No, we we win this this year. All right, all right. I'm getting too old. I can't be waiting down the line. We got to get this thing expedited. So. Yeah, well, Chad, Chad's one of the bosses, so if, if I said anything that contradicts him, make sure you go with what he said. Don't you worry. I will. So, <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> I will, but just, yeah, just, yeah, we got to get this thing going here. So, mm-hmm. and the best of luck tomorrow night, and uh, keep me in the loop, man, and uh, we'll get you back Thanks, on John. again soon. Okay. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. You got it. it. Uh, Ryan Carr is a really good dude. I put him in some really bad situations, and that's just how I am, and he's still. He still is uh, acting like he likes me, which is cool. Uh, Ryan Carr, qu- ah, wait, speaking of not liking me, James is not liking me at all. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I heard good things about Weezer at Wonder Road over the weekend. Saturday night, I believe, right? Anybody go down to see Weezer? I think Jason Isbell was on Sunday there. Woo, woo. Heard good things about him. 
Uh, I've got, by the way, this is a JMV show at the Brown County Music Center. It is coming up in September. And I promise you a hell of a good time with Squeeze and Psychedelic Furs. A JMV show coming at you. I got a pair of tickets to give away in just a bit before I bail. So be ready for that. And again, you got to understand, I put, and he's really cool to try to answer everything, and we all know that he can't because it is super secrecy right now. But I put I put Ryan Carr in a lot of really bad situations <laughs> conversationally. Um, and we do that for you. But there is just not a lot of deep detail he's going to get into. But I do like hearing I like hearing how they handle a lot of things, certainly. I like hearing some of the thoughts. And I wanted to get specific in terms of number seven, who they brought in on a single player basis to work out. And I also wanted to get into that Azar Thompson story of last week where he canceled and evidently they still you know, they still met and or have met and they got intel from that. So I want to make sure that was all out there. But it is a very unenviable situation and he is cool to come on here. I just kept him for about 30 minutes. <laughs> so um and shout out to Ryan. And he still likes me, which is amazing. There's Eddie Garrison with his Reds gear on, eleven consecutive for the Red Legs. Hey, by the way, Kevin said that he didn't get the Jethro Tall tickets in the email. It'll be coming, right? Because yeah, that's tr- not until August. Yeah, so yeah. generally it will take a couple of months. I mean, it, it depends on when the people in our promotions department get the tickets. Right. So they have to get them, then they'll send them to you via email and an e-ticket, Kevin. I know you asked me about this. I saw this yesterday when I was off. So thank you for asking, but they will get to you. If we get close, like I'll give you a great example. And this is for everybody out there that wins tickets from this show. If we're a week away and you don't get it, then you, you, uh, you bust my ass and make sure that everybody around here is on the ball so they can get you those tickets. Like right now for a show that's in August, this is kind of how that it works. So the tickets will come in at different times, and then they will will send them to you when they get them. But if it's like a week away, certainly less than a week away, get to me on that. Yeah, make sure. Uh, let me get my man Jimmy on here. I know I get a break. Uh, Jimmy, 239-1070. How are you, brother? Hey, John. How are you, my friend? I'm great, man. Going? I can't wait to get back out and see you. Yeah, it'd be great. I can't wait to see you and uh, hope you and the family are having a great summer so far. Um, but hey, real quick, I'm sure you mentioned this already, but I just wanted to welcome Tucker Barnhart to the north side officially with <laughs> first home run last night. I'm sure you mentioned it already. I did mention it already. I sent him a text. We were going back and forth last night about uh, he going yard for the first time this season. Yeah, I mean, I was excited, uh, and um, my Cubs are playing not as well as your Reds right now, but um, as you know, I'm a P1 listener, John, and I just wanted to say that. <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted to say that. Are you up for another bet? Yes, I'm up for another. By the way, here's what Tucker said. I said a big fly, mother, and he responded with about time. So we cuss <laughs> back and forth to one another. But go ahead. Let's another bet, Jimmy. Let's do it. 
another bet real quick. Hopefully we're both still playing late in October, but I, I'm next time you're out in the fall. Yep. I, uh, I mean, for cold season or whatever, when the, our baseball seasons are over, if the Reds have a better record than the Cubs, I will buy you whatever drink you want, and you do the same for me if the Cubs are better than the Reds. How about that? My man. Jimmy, you got it. You're the man, John, and uh, tell your family I said hello. My dad says the same to you. Right so, back at you. Day, my friend. You too, Thank Jimmy. You. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. I think three times we're out next week. And we'll see a lot of you out next week. In different capacities. All right, let me break. Come back for a final time. Other side, somebody's going to win the JMV show. One of the two in the month of September at the Brown County Music Center. This one for Squeeze and Psychedelic Furs. When you hear it, that's your cue to call on a busy Wednesday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. That right there is the sound of Squeeze. What, the 1987 song? Hourglass. What do you guys think? It's a good Squeeze song right here. September the 22nd. That's a Friday, by the way. Brown County Music Center. So that will be a a Blue Friday that we can transition from I'm sure a ticket giveaway in September to going down to the Brown County Music Center to see the Psychedelic Furs and Squeeze. Number nine at 239-1070 is going to go. I've seen the Psychedelic Furs before. They are awesome. That's Richard Butler and company. And Squeeze, no doubt about that. Tempted, probably their most popular song of all time. I think a couple of years ago, Squeeze was actually out on tour. They had to cancel it the first time around because of the pandemic. They opened up for Hall & Oates. But this is going to be a fantastic show. If you love 80s New Wave, this is going to be in your wheelhouse. A JMV show. Brown County Music Center, September the 22nd. The Psychedelic Furs and Squeeze. Steve's the winner. Steve joins us now. You like both of these bands, Steve? Yes. Which one's your favorite, Psychedelic Furs or Squeeze? The Furs. All right. So give me a Richard Butler favorite song category right here. What do you got? I'm a little nervous now. I can't pull one up. Heartbreak Beat, uh, Love My Way, Ghost in You. If I were going to start right there, where would you go with those three top hits from Psychedelic Furs? I say Ghost with You. Oh, that's awesome right there. All right, Steve. Back on hold. I think Love My Way was on the soundtrack of Valley Girl. That's why I first heard the Psychedelic Furs. Ghost and Use, a great song. And Heartbreak Beat is my favorite. And, of course, Pretty in Pink from the film Pretty in Pink. Another one of these Psychedelic Furs classics. Steve, congratulations. Steve is going to go see Psychedelic Furs and Squeeze September 22nd at the Brown County Music Center. Man, busy day today, to say the least. I don't even know where to begin. 
<laughs> oh, when you got that, um, you obviously got the deal between the Nuggets and the Pacers earlier today, swapping picks. A lot of people are going, what in the world are you doing, Pacers? Uh, I, mean, I, I get what you're talking about as far as value, and then you know you deal it and look like you're giving up value. I, I'm assuming that is for roster maintenance situations or they got something else further down the road that they're thinking about. This is how this goes down. So the Pacers and the Nuggets made a deal today. The Nuggets will acquire number 29 and 32 overall coming up tomorrow night in the NBA draft. And the Pacers um, will get a 2024 first-round pick and the 40th overall in this year's draft. So you look at that and you go, hey, wait a minute, what? And again, it's conditional on that first round next year, and it's dependent upon what happens because this is a Thunder Nuggets. Remember, they made a trade during the finals, uh, and it depends on what happens with Oklahoma City, the Clippers, and Houston. Uh, Tony East is a great follow to get into all the, the gory details of it. But that is the cut and the dry. So you got Oklahoma City, uh, the Clippers, Houston, and Utah. And I want to say the Clippers in Houston, 5 through 30, as far as the first rounder is concerned. Utah, 11 through 30. That's according to Bobby Marks. So that's what the Pacers did earlier today and some maneuvering maybe. For what I'm looking for tomorrow night's an oh wow. Probably be a little bit let down, but an oh wow tomorrow night's what I'm looking for. Hopefully we get that. Number seven overall. Jarris Walker, according to ESPN's latest mock draft out of Houston. The seventh overall selection by the Pacers. That as of right now with that mock draft. Ryan Carr of the Pacers, kind enough to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Danny Lopez of the Pacers with the Pacers announcement for All-Star Weekend a little bit earlier. Kevin Bowen of the Morning Show. Podcast with each 107.5thefan.com. Reds won their 11th consecutive earlier today. I've got a couple of bets on the line, too. James, great job. You guys have been fantastic today. We will do it all again coming up tomorrow at 3. Have a great night.